What's up, PlayStation Universe, and welcome to episode seven of PlayStation Fix. It's me again, Will Robinson, <laughs> and I'm That's here weird. joined by two other fine fellows. Mm-hmm. Aww. We've got Adam Byrne. Hi there. And Kyle Prawl. Hello. So if you listened to our last big spoilery podcast on Metal Gear Solid Five, you'd have heard at the beginning of it. Uh, and if you didn't, I'm just going to say it again. We're changing our focus a little bit here. We're not going to be doing so much news coverage as talking about just the really just the things that are on our minds or the games that we're playing. And surprise, surprise, we're all playing Fallout 4. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean... Funny, I, funny how those things fall together. I feel like everybody's yeah. playing Fallout 4. Oh Four. As I scroll I through said, my friends list, I'm looking I'm like Fallout Four, Fallout Four. Right. You know, videos are exploding, YouTube's exploding, so yeah. it's kind of a thing right now. I think it might have been one of our other podcasters who isn't here present today is uh, Ernest Lynn. I think he posted a Twitter <clears throat> picture from uh, Bioware tweeting at Bethesda about the game, like congratulating them for oh, really? a successful launch. And then <clears throat> Bethesda is just like, hopefully, we didn't interrupt your. Uh, development time on Andromeda and then they then Bioware responded back like it's funny how it seems like everybody took the week off this week <laughs> the release of the game so yeah, social like, media specialist is getting a little sassy over at Bioware yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I mean that's pretty cool though it's just like even like everywhere even like people who make like the incredible RPGs like western RPGs are taking like weeks off to just play Fallout yeah. 4 like that's how so I mean, what's so yeah? This the we're gonna talk. We're not gonna do anything spoilery, or we're gonna try to. If we do any, if we do anything spoilery, accidentally, I'll ring they'll, your necks. They'll, yeah, there'll be a discussion afterwards. I'm sure whether or not we'll include if it's if we deem it spoilery enough to remove it from the edits. Otherwise, bottom line, if you're hearing it, we deemed it not. So if it yeah. was, you can take to the comments and so start judging us out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So. We're going to do our best to not be so spoilery. Uh, Kyle and I have both put about the same amount of time in. We're both... Mm-hmm. He, Kyle's level 40. I'm level, level 38. Yep. We've both put in about three days, a little, little over three days of game time into Fallout 4. Uh, uh, Adam hours. is Adam <laughs> is merely joining us. Fresh from the vault. Fresh, we fresh just, from the vault. We just saw him. St- he came over the hill. He crested over. Over the hill, shielding his eyes from the sunlight, stumbling yeah. a little bit. So we grabbed him, we carried him into bro. sanctuary hills. Yeah. We set him up with a uh, a sleeping bag because it costs the least materials to build. <laughs> and there he is. He's, He's one of our cozy. I'm not complaining. Adam's one of the settlers in our <laughs> encampments yeah. right now. We've got him picking carrots. Yeah, just carrots. <laughs> so Adam's done about. Oh, start small. Start small. Adam's played only about a little over three hours due to the nature of life, being busy and. So yeah, we don't we don't blame him for it, but we do at the same time for <laughs> I blame myself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we've Kyle and I for sure have played a ton of Fallout, I've, and we've got a lot of things that we want to talk about. Observa- observations we made about comparisons from four to three or three to four, I should say. That's true. And yeah, that, that is going to be kind of an interesting thing to uh, to, to mull over because I think like that's going to be one of the issues that maybe people are more divisive on when all is mm-hmm. said and done you know if we look ahead like two three months to the same time frame where we were doing our metal gear spoiler cast and kind of digesting the game two or three months from now i feel like that's you know because the game is well we'll get into how yeah. fantastic it is but i just yeah that feels like the one kind of issue where like maybe somebody for whatever reason maybe liked three more likes four more so yeah a topic of debate so that's 
yeah we'll definitely talk about that and we for sure are going to want to do a full spoiler cast like we did for Metal Gear Solid on Fallout 4 down the road once <clears throat> Kyle and I had a chance to finish up the story uh, and Adams I'll try. Con- try, <laughs> yeah, tries to catch up we may have to leave him in the dust but we'll see hopefully he'll be I'm sure you'll you'll get addicted to it soon. That's I'm the sure. weird thing so about it's... these games is that if we were going to do a Spyro, if we were going to do a Skyrim spoiler cast like six months after that game came out, and okay. we had someone on the cast who never finished the main story, I would just kind of be like, yeah, all right, <laughs> you never finished it. That <laughs> mm-hmm. makes total sense because right, yeah, you know, and that's the thing, yeah, with these games, the story really isn't the focal point. Like it's it's yeah. really like three story is nothing spectacular by any means. It's you know, got it's... some cool moments. It's got cool set pieces and stuff right. that they do along the road, but that's not why you play it. it. It is just finding Neeson. Yeah, <laughs> finding, finding Neeson. Yeah, um, Neeson. this oh, is an incredible story. That, what are you maybe talking? that was the insp- that's just so weird if you think about it. Neeson was taken. Oh my god! Holy that crap! Really but how unrealistic. This is yeah. kind of a this is kind of a nost- uh, in the back of my mind. I have this nostalgic feeling because I remember when I first became aware of Bethesda as a company. It was when I borrowed the PC disc for Morrowind from a classmate, like long, <laughs> long time ago. Yeah. Um, and someone will know too. I, we can talk about it later. But <laughs> I brought the, the PC version of Morrowind from them, and on the back of the disc it said like 400 hours of gameplay. And as whatever I was, 11, 12 years old, I'm like, how is that even possible? <laughs> right. I can't even picture that. Yeah. But I was just as as the Western RPG has has matured and and become more popular, you know, gained some ground over here in, in right. the states. It's like 400 is still kind of insane, but it is also a little bit more of a yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, and that's that's what yeah, that's what I found was that. amazing was when I was playing through it. So, well, we'll, we'll break this down in a, in a minute. But when I was playing through it, it felt I've put in like seventy one hours, and it literally just feels like I haven't accomplished anything. It's so it's such <laughs> a know, weird feeling. But it's like I yeah, I can see Adam's everything. Like, about yeah, it. I I basically wrapped up in the <laughs> I'm still in the ball. That's great. <laughs> but I've like I've seen everything that I've done so far and like the weapons I've gotten and the settlements that I've helped to build and the level I'm at obviously and all the stuff for there but yeah it's just like going through these things it's like oh my god it's like I have so much to do it's like it's not done I can't finish this so it's like but I'm going to finish it eventually I'll probably end up platinum it platinuming it because they're Bethesda's yeah, platinums aren't hard they're just time consuming and right and when you love the game that moment right much. like Skyrim was the game that- yeah, yeah. A, Skyrim was my first platinum, so I was like, I just loved that game, and I just kept playing it. And two, I mean, the thing that's going for you here with Fallout is that the game is is it's objectively more stable than Skyrim was as a as a technical package. On PS4 a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Xbox One um, seems to be suffering in that right, but it does with frame rate. But yeah, yeah, so like I'm, I know that there were certain trophies in Skyrim that people had trouble with because of this that or the other trophy breaking glitch oh, and you sure. basically had to start a new save in order to accomplish those things and I feel like that's less of an issue with Fallout just because it does while it is still a Bethesda game at heart and we can talk about that a little bit later but like it it, it does run better than Skyrim in my mind or it runs it's oh yeah it's Bethesda's best performing console game to date like it, it is mm-hmm. their best one yet as a technical package but it's it's you know it's still a Bethesda game. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, still when, not when, when you get down, when you get right down. Yeah, to and it. that's a, that's a good thing that I do want to talk about eventually is just how the um, there's a lot of people who get upset in comments and stuff that I've seen on there that get really upset when people talk about how good Bethesda games are, but then they basically 
they don't call them out as much on the technical issues that they have, mm. and they get frustrated at people giving them a pass. But I, that's uh, that's something yeah. that I really want to I want to talk about that more too. But I, in a little bit, I think first we should talk about kind of uh, the, the premise of yeah. We'll talk about the premise of the game and kind of we'll get for, well first we'll take some of kind of Adam's experience going into it so far what he's seen and Maybe that's kind the of the questions way, he's yeah. got so so like, since he's we'll kind of a, he's a, he's new to the wasteland so we'll see where where he falls I was in Mad Max's wasteland so oh that's no. true <laughs> but so <laughs> Fallout yeah Fallout 4 it's the story in this one is that you are if you don't know by now I'm sure everybody who's listening to this has already played a hundred hours but uh yeah, rub it in rub it in <laughs> You start off as a oh you, well you don't even have a name because you give them your name. You start off as a ma- a man or a woman woman, and you run into the vault. This is the very very beginning of the game. You take this starts before the war has happened. You run into the vault one eleven eventually, and you get to put in cryo sleep, and then you wake up, and you're. Well I, well, I don't even know. This isn't even spoilery. Is at it? this point, at this, this point, I think there are certain. Like, this is the very beginning. Yeah, this yeah. is the very, yeah. very beginning of the game. But just go for it. Yeah. So your wife and your kid. For me, it was my wife and my kid were in a different cryopod, and you're put in a cryopod. And then somebody comes in and takes your son away and kills your wife. So this is your whole motivation. You wake up in this wasteland 200 years after the nuclear war has happened, and you're trying to find your kid. Mm, and trying to find your son. So that's trying to find Sean. Sean. Yeah. Sean. Sean. So that's God. where you're trying to go, and that's that's your motivation for the whole game. You start off in the world. You meet. You start quickly meet new people along the way that you either make friends with or piss off. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to doing, trying to do like a kill everything run later on in this game. Clearly, you can't mm. kill certain individuals, but I'm sure somebody's going to find a way to get Not around that. that. Too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah you give up so easily. No, but, you can't. There, yeah, like in the few, the few named characters that I've tried to kill just while derping around and then reloading a save, it didn't let me. They just kind of yeah. got crippled to the ground and then came back up a little bit later. So, yeah, that is a bit different than the days of Morrowind when you could literally kill anything and then the game would just say, "All right, you've done this." Mm-hmm. You are now in a doomed world. Continue if you wish. That was literally the message. It was cryptic. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, whoa. And I found some... I've actually found... Like, I don't think it's even possible to do it for some things. Because I found... I don't know if this is part of the game or if this is, like, a, a just a glitch of some kind. Because uh, Fallout 3, you couldn't... You Once you killed a group of enemies, they were dead forever. And then, like, even if, like, in... Fallout 3, if you collect uh, Nuka-Cola Quantums and stuff, like, there were a certain amount, like, a set amount of them. I've gone play- back yeah. to this one particular place, the Super, du- Super Duper Mart, that's got ghouls in it, and there's two bottles of Nuka-Cola in there. I've gone back into it three times and collected the Nuka-Cola from it. Oh, and okay. I, and so I the... can't clear that area. Like, I've, I failed a mission where it wanted me to clear out all the ghouls in that mart, and I've done it, like, three times, and it but they don't it doesn't say that it's cleared like once you finish once you kill oh, all the enemies okay. in a building it'll say that it's been cleared on your map yeah. but this one <clears throat> just it won't do that and i ended up just failing this little mini side mission because it so, wouldn't register so that was just an odd thing for that but yeah I, so before we keep going in that route but adams you've gone played for a few hours now you've seen mm-hmm. some of got my feet wet yeah you got your feet wet 
do you have any interest in jumping into the rest of the pool from what you've seen? Yes, no, absolutely. But I think it's it's a weird kind of case study in the kind of shortcomings of a game. Because having read reviews and stuff, there was always the same kind of complaints, and it's odd because all those, literally nearly all those complaints happen in the like you realize them very quickly in the game, mm-hmm. and then it's just as you explore it more, or they kind of become more forgiving, and as a result, you kind of don't think of them as much. But like mm-hmm. having not had much experience in, I played Fallout Three for a little bit and Skyrim for quite a bit longer, but still not like a substantial amount. Coming in. There's a lot of things that kind of took me aback. I, I had some pretty bad performance issues, as of course we'll talk on, I'll touch on later on. And graphically, it didn't impress me too much. And it felt a little clunky as well. But it, I think the mechanics of it kind of unravel as you play a bit more. And they're so deep as well that I can kind of forgive all that. And mm-hmm. it does make me anticipate it and want it a lot more. So. As it stands, it's it's been incredibly interesting, and I I am really looking forward to continuing with it. Okay, so any yeah, yeah I mean I've got there's a lot of stuff in there that mm. we can touch in on. But so as for anything that you've seen so far, given your some of your follow three experience and stuff that you've gotten to see so far, like what is the what's something that's like stood out to you at least anyway? from what you've I think kind of seen, kind of, or stuff that you really just want to see where it goes. I just, well, and from a general perspective, I just love the the graphical tone and the style. It kind of, make, everything looks very distinct and kind sure. of it makes you, everything is not very banal and kind it's of... It's a lot more vibrant than three. Exactly, which kind of makes you want to go everywhere effectively. And that's kind of what's been the starkest difference for me with this in comparison to Fallout 3. There's... Other choices, as again we'll touch on later on, that I'm not sure about in relation, like in comparison to Fallout 3, like the dialogue options and the back and forth since your character has a, has a voice now. But mm-hmm. I think the immediate difference for me is how vibrant the world is. And with that vibrancy comes this kind of like lust for like exploration a lot more instead of just I, traversing these, you know, mm-hmm. landscapes that are a bit barren and kind of just. Kind of repetitive dull. too. That's something yeah. that. Fallout 4 has done really well just from what I've seen so far is that it actually has once you get farther into the game and even the settlements that you get to see they're very actually it was kind of funny that I was playing it one time and uh, I was going through it and then I came out in this one area and it was like this shell that there was a, a shell in Boston on the coastline and I saw that and then my dad actually saw it and he was like I was standing right there like mm. I was standing yeah. right across from there at that same angle. He's like, "That's just so weird." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he like there was another, and I went to a different settlement just to like show him the game because I like he likes that kind of environment, that kind of setting and stuff. So I was showing him parts of the game just to just kind of make him see what all the fuss was about with all the stuff on Fallout Four. That even like he's like he's not into games clearly, but he still knows about it, hears about it. My parents were the same way, mostly because I think Fox Sports dressed up its football robot in power armor oh, over the last football weekend. But yeah, I showed him another part of a settlement, and he's like, I walked down that alley. Like, this is just weird. Like I said, yeah, and I went around the corner, and there was a theater in this part, and he's like, yeah, this is just weird. <laughs> I was like, well, that's awesome that they did it so well. And Yeah, that's really impressive, too, because you got to wonder, like, I, you know, me not knowing anything about the land... 
like the bird's eye map view of Boston, kind of where it is positioned on the coast and like what sort of rivers are running through it. Like that, I don't. I'm I'm sure it must be accurate if 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 you're hearing comments like this. But we we've talked. Uh, maybe well, maybe it wasn't last week, but we've talked before about whether game worlds can be to scale or not. You know, when you've got right. yeah. truly, I think it was Cyberpunk, right? Can Cyberpunk be this truly full-scale sci-fi city that could theoretically house millions? And obviously, as big as I Fallout so. 4's world <laughs> is, yeah, that'd be sick. Mm-hmm. As big as Fallout 4's world is, its version of Boston clearly is not to scale. But it's funny that they were able to achieve still these such a not only just recognizable land marks because pretty much every game has those or at least hey right. the skyline looks the same but actually like this street feels identical so you have to wonder if they like maybe interviewed some Boston residents and said like what streets do you traffic most or like what streets are kind of mm-hmm. the iconic streets and then fit as many of those those little neighborhoods. Yeah, and it, I mean it, it really helps in their particular case too is that they can have so many of the buildings are just run down or just blatantly replaced by newer yeah. structures that happen later so they have a lot more leniency than most places like um oh god i can't i'm trying to think of what that game i can't even think of what it's called well, the, like, the ubisoft like, one that took place in chicago watchdogs, watchdogs. yeah i, I knew it had a dog like, in it <laughs> but yeah watchdogs <laughs> yeah, but dog, i mean they sing that they're repl- replicating <laughs> chicago and it's just like no you replicated like a few blocks in Chicago, like that's not. Yeah. If you're gonna, you don't make those kind of claims, like saying we took inspiration from the streets, the landmarks in Chicago or something. Like that's totally fine, but. And then it's I funny go, that Bethesda didn't really make those claims either. They just no, said they didn't it's say based anything. on Boston. Then people get into the world and they're like, "Oh shit, it's really based on Boston." Right. It paints a better frame of mind in terms of Marvel totally. saying it that way. But you can go too far the other side though, and be like True Crime Streets of LA, which proudly flaunted the fact that it had, like mapped nearly every street of LA. Mm. And it wasn't very good. <laughs> it was good. That, it was that good. blows my mind because LA is stupidly large. Like, yeah. Yeah. you look at the overhead map, and like, this is you know us coming from the other side of the country and only seeing it a few times. But like, it it, it still boggles my mind at how big that city is. Something like GTA Five just pales in comparison to the 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 massive scale of that city. That's not relevant at all. Well. Well. Don't get me wrong. Anyway, <laughs> um, but I did think that where we were talking um, about you know these kind of opening moments of the game and then how you know how it compares to Fallout 3's um, maybe more I wouldn't say copy and pasted landscape I know that Oblivion got a lot of flack because because a lot of its environment was auto generated like it wasn't mm. it wasn't handcrafted in the same way that Skyrim was I remember they made a big deal about that but I don't remember if Fallout 3 st- still had that kind of development behind it where some parts of the landscape were auto-generated it wouldn't surprise me if if part of it was like that yeah. it, it's I'm nearly sure it doesn't reach me. near to the degree that fallout 4 does in terms of its variations once you get to once you explore I, farther yeah it, like it takes it takes a long time to get to that point but you'll start seeing environments that are just drastically different I think the comparisons to fall maybe this is kind of an easy place to start in terms of our impressions of the game because we all played Fallout 3 to some extent and yep. varying extents will you have way more time with the game than I or Adam but I I played it for maybe about 20 hours Adam I don't remember with you but I think Probably. you were kind of in the same boat uh, I'd say about 8 maybe or less okay so you're yeah, less I have so, no idea how many I played um, I played through it a couple times probably best not knowing so I think, yeah. <laughs> I mean Skyrim I put over 300 in so it's probably, oh, probably 150 maybe in so New me, Vegas I played more yeah yeah, and I didn't play much in New Vegas, but going into Fallout Four, I, I'm see, I'm trying to, I'm trying to go back to my thoughts about Fallout Three to kind of explain why I feel the way I do about Fallout Four. And I guess for Fallout Three, it was, I could feel the skeleton of a 
Bethesda game, and I really like Bethesda systems. I love their character development and how mm-hmm. freeform it's always felt, even since the Morrowind days. So I loved that skeleton being behind Fallout 3, but, and this is even true today, as much as I love Fallout 4, I'm just always going to prefer the high fantasy world of the Elder Scrolls, personally. I think the Fallout yeah. aesthetic is really interesting. I think it's a well, it's, in some ways, it's a better told story and a better told universe than the Elder Scrolls because they have to wrangle with history a little bit and yeah, kind of or, demonstrate. I mean, like, Elder Scrolls has magic and dragons and they can get yeah. away with anything they want yeah. because yeah. they can make up any reason for it. So part of the reason I thought I I didn't like Fallout Three as much was because of my just my preference for the the magic and the swords and and all those mm-hmm. high fantasy things. But I freaking love Fallout Four, so that calls to mind for me. All right, what else is there that I wasn't really digging about Fallout Three? And I think the first thing I jumped to is how colorful and and just rich mm-hmm. Fallout Four's world is with detail and vibe vibrancy and how different sections of the landscape can feel i mean you go from you know the, the opening moments of the game in sanctuary hills you've got kind of your 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 for lack of a better word your valleys right of just kind of some sparse bushes some mm-hmm. some hollowed out trees your your post-apocalyptic valleys and then you go from there to a, a neon lit jazz lounge to <laughs> an old shanty city that's like built up kind of like something out of not a cyberpunk movie that's not what i'm thinking but like a mad max kind of situation you've got the mad max aesthetic with the raiders you've got you know just the hollowed out streets of boston like that those urban um those urban streets and street corners feel very different from like the top floor of a hotel with this really distinct light coming through the window so there's just all these pockets of the game that have very distinct feelings to me and that's really really impressive because the world you know, in my initial moments, I thought, man, the world, just zooming out on the map, I'm like, it it looks a little smaller than Skyrim. You know, that was my initial impression. Yeah, it didn't, it, I thought so too. It looked like it was really small. I was like, oh, that's it? And now it's just like, my God, I haven't explored any of this yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And then every time I do, and it's like, you look at the map and it's like, oh, I see a ton of little uh, landmarks that are really close to each other. So I must have fully explored that pocket. Yeah. And then I go back there and find out, no, there's like three stores that I, mm-hmm. that I just never walked close enough to, to, to get the landmarks. So there's just so much. Yeah. it's just so densely packed in some parts of it like like Boston but then you get out into the valleys and it's it, it's further spread out but then mm-hmm. the, the atmosphere changes there's different colors there's different vibes some dungeons feel like something out of a horror movie others feel like something out of just a straight um, you know post-apocalyptic action flick so even within those interiors there's different atmospheres mm-hmm. and I was actually surprised at how well balanced the size of the the map is. Like if you get when you get mission markers that show that they're not in a region that you've explored at all, but if you want to do if you want to do that mission, you have to walk all the way there, like instead of just fast traveling because you've already Mm -hmm. found it. It really doesn't like it doesn't take that long to walk over to it. Like it's it looks like it's super far away, but it'll be like a minute or like a minute or two, and you're there. And then, so then it's even a, a further testament to the fact of like, well, this world is just so much more richly packed than any world Bethesda's built because mm-hmm. you're right, it doesn't take as long to travel that distance. So it does make me think the world is probably just by units of measurement smaller than their past games. Yeah, but it sure yeah. doesn't feel that way because I'm getting, I'm getting distracted by just as many things as I walk toward the next objective and even maybe 
I'm getting distracted by more things on my way there, you know, where you then you suddenly you lose track of time and you've been yeah. playing for five hours and never got to do that thing that you originally set out to do. Yeah, At least that, that happens all the time. Yeah. So, There's one yeah. thing that I I get I'm kind of annoyed with is when people talk people are basically that just saying that Fallout Four is well I'm 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 not annoyed with it, but I am at the same time. Is that Fallout, people saying Fallout Four is just Fallout Three Two and it, like in some spot, uh, yeah, in some ways that's true, but it's totally not. And right. most of the other ways, you're like totally revamped. <clears throat> like it is. There's a number of ways that it's very similar, but it's it's you. I mean, it's so in the level of degree in terms of like animation and detail and the just the depth of the systems and stuff that they've done in this game are so much better mm-hmm. than Fallout Three. Like if it was. If they took you to a totally different, like people, if basically they could reskin all of their enemies and have them as completely different enemy, like go give them different names and be on the west coast instead of the east coast, then people wouldn't compare it as much, I would say. But just because it uses all of the same kind of creatures in that world and the same enemy types, because it's in that same region, because it's only in Boston and the other games took place in DC, right? So there's not going to be a big variation in that world. Mm-hmm. So I mean yep, I think that that's part sense. of it. But what I was I was surprised and I'm actually really happy with it in a number of ways is the level of detail that they've put into or the the changes that they've made with the creatures or the enemies that you have now. Like particular particularly the ghouls is what stood out to me is that in yeah, the actually, that's true. in the in Fallout Three they're basically just I mean they're dumb as rocks and they all they do is there's like usually there's like five or six at most from what I remember and they just basically kind of they hiss and they just like run towards you really quick and then they like smack you and they stop and then they turn with their like arms stretched out and they run towards you and they hit you again and they stop <laughs> yeah yeah and this one is like they I turned a corner in one place like in the, early on in the game I was was walking towards the spot and then all of a sudden just like 20 of them came rushing out and like yeah. swarmed me and I was like oh my god <clears throat> they behave differently too yeah their uh, animation is so much different they just like they dive and roll at you and they get away they do more kind of like little li- tumble and trip. yeah they, they just kind of sway side to side to make it harder for you to hit them and my perception has been that some of them have different AI patterns too like your very basic your feral ghouls are very much like that kind of idiotic like I say yeah I'm like I know I charge at him and it's such a quick leap but then uh, and I'm trying to think of the certain type but I do feel like I've seen ghouls that don't really hang back like that's not the right word but they like are a little more content to kind of let the other ghouls brush toward you while they're kind of waiting in the wings to get you if you try to move away from them and they have different Um, attack abilities too for some of them those like the glowing ones oh yeah they'll spit at you they'll do like this giant like they have one where they like put their hands in the air and then they release like this kind of like like shock wave of radiation yeah, and it's like what? <laughs> and it's just like so. It's like they have a lot more detail for that. They've uh, the Mirelurks have totally different enemy types now, mm. which is a yep. new addition to that. They, that are just drastically different. They've got the soft shells. They've got the razor claws. They've got mm-hmm. the queens. They've got the kings. Which mm-hmm. to not spoil too much, the kings don't even look like the other ones. Yeah. It's like a different species. But then they entirely. have the other ones that look more like uh, crayfish. Which I'm trying to remember what they're those ones are called i can't remember anymore but those are really Uh, hard to kill but they're i mean mm -hmm. they're stronger than the other ones and they have a different role to play when they're fighting but they do it's just a really cool variation that they have and the uh kyle knows this too and i've talked about like i 
I've actually I've studied the uh, Death Claw from Fallout Three because I just wanted to. I made a sculpture of him in my spare time, so I spent mm-hmm. a long time understanding the contours and the shapes and how it was designed and all that stuff. And just to see, even like in the first trailer of Fallout Four, when you see the Death Claw, like anybody who's played Three will know that they're totally different in that. But like the degree in which they're different anatomically is just crazy so i mean that alone like that kind of stuff makes it almost its own game entirely in terms of like the world like they've like revamped the world almost kind of in that same way and yeah there's no stone left unturned in their own in their own lore their own fiction yeah which makes sense too because it is a different part of the country so you have to think that that the commonwealth probably received uh, a different degree of radiation exposure during the great war there were probably different amounts of conflict versus like what conflicts happened in the Commonwealth area versus what conflicts happened in the wasteland area, and how did those levels of radiation give way to the species that you now see in those areas? So yeah, the differences. That's what's cool about it is that unlike the Elder Scrolls, where you know when the character models and the enemy models change over time, they're just changing because the technology is better, you know, yeah. and it's like, well, this is probably closer to what we always wanted them to look like. With Fallout, that's probably part of it too, but there's also that convenient lore excuse of well. It is different parts of the country, so there's different weather, there's different climate and ecosystem there, as well as just the simple fact of the amounts of radiation may have been different. So the way that the world kind of became malformed in in the hundreds of years after the war, that's that's got something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like, um, the other one of the other things when people people talking about being upset at Fallout Four, which is just basically people, anybody who says this is just an idiot. Is that they say that there's no like it just looks it looks terrible or like the graphics haven't improved in three? Yeah, the it's second like, part. No, yeah. it's like it's totally different. Like it's right. to- it's way better. If you played Fallout Three, you know that. I mean, even you see still comparisons. Like it's leaps and bounds better. It doesn't stand up as well compared to like Metal Gear Solid or The Order or Bloodborne. But they they're they're achieving or they're they're targeting very different goals in those games than mm-hmm. Fallout Four, which is such a huge world and has so much interaction with it that they probably just couldn't reach that kind of fidelity and still keep it running on PS4 to that same way or run it as efficiently. Because like Adam had touched on too before, is that the there's some pretty drastic uh, frame rate frame rate dips as you yeah, play through are. the game, but. So that says something too, right, about just the scale of the game, the complexity of the underlying systems. I do have my mm-hmm. I do have my qualms with the graphics, you know. I won't I won't say it's anything more than qualms, but at the end of the day, I that has absolutely no bearing on how much fun I'm having as no, I play the you game. Don't, you don't know like I mean? people who are complaining about it haven't played the game because you just you don't it doesn't bother you. It's I mean like there are there's always those people who are diehard like graphic purists and all that stuff that graphics are the most important thing to them and that's fine but it's that's not why you you're playing these games like that's not the goal of the game the goal of the game is to have fun not to look at something that's just beautiful all the time which yeah, Fallout 4 is still beautiful another, i think right there's another open world game you can play with 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 pants dropping graphics and that's the witcher 3 but the witcher 3 is a different it's a different beast than a bethesda game right as much as the witcher 3 does track to some extent, the position of items and some a few of the same things that Bethesda games keep track of in the back end of, of like your save files, you, it, it's it's almost incomparable. Like the way the way a Fallout or the way an Elder Scrolls game 
you know, obviously there's some proximity requirements you have to imagine, but it's calculating so many things at any given time. Like even just the fact that I can I can leave a, a building, a hospital, you know, go adventure for a day, mm-hmm. <laughs> come back even the next day, go to that same hospital, and like the dude I killed a dozen hours ago is still there with like the the Nuka Cola cap that I left on his body. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. Like that. Yeah, there's there's they open the but. Bethesda's philosophy is the door is open for freedom for better or for worse. So if you want to walk into this ruined hospital on this on this side quest and take a gauss rifle or a, a mini nuke and blow up this boss and or blow up the whole freaking room and not actually fight any of them the way we intend you to mm-hmm. or if you want to do a whole different thing if you want to hack the terminal or if you want to like kill the person who gave you the quest mm-hmm. all of that stuff is is open to you and so that you know if, no. if, it, if it if it's not if it's not giving way to glitches at least it's their their attention as developers i feel like is focused on other things and to some extent better things than making sure every corner of the game is polished but yeah. i like more polished definitely but Right. I, I mean, they they it. offer such a unique experience that's not offered anywhere else that people get upset about, oh, people like us saying that we were giving Bethesda a pass on the technical issues of their pass. games. Yeah. But it's, it's it's not a pass. It's just it's we we criticize them for it, but what they offer yeah. for the rest of it is so unique and it's such a great experience that it's that it just overwhelms any of the kind of technical issues that they have. Like even... That you can see that even with the sales that it has for the games, or the, like for like Skyrim on PS4, which is, or PlayStation 3, which is basically broken for most people, mm-hmm. but it's still sold incredibly well, and people yeah, love the game. So far with Fallout, I think Fallout has earned something in the realm of it earned what was it like 750 million dollars in its first, either its first week or its first 24 hours. I think something it was like its that. first like 24 hours. It was insane. Which, which, yeah, which is just bananas. So, um, yeah, let's. Um, but there was one thing that technically that I do. I was surprised at how how little that they did progress on it. Was the well at least at first I was able to see a little bit more later on how it went. But what it was the character animations or like the the mm. interactions with the people and like the facial animations, particularly at the beginning, like when he was talking or something. Like the, the first thing that was ever said by the when you create your character was like so off like the, <laughs> it was the syncing was so off and it, it really... fixed itself right away after that but it was just yeah. like that was like oh wow like that's not i don't good. know having to listen to mama murphy talk it's just oh, oh yeah that's bad mama murphy is a particularly bad example of that yeah for me i was going to say that that particular thing has been inconsistent in its quality like yeah. i see certain people and certain companions who i'm like damn like this actually looks like their lips are perfectly in sync. It looks really mm-hmm. great. Their yeah. facial, their face is expressing emotions that were like totally foreign in Bethesda games in the past. But then you do have examples on the other side where like Mama Murphy looks like complete ass. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing because I, I understand. Go ahead, Adam. I, I understand its shortcomings, but coming and I think you two are the same in a sense. Coming straight from the back end of Metal Gear Solid into this, just from that perspective, it's kind mm-hmm. of... It's a hard I adjustment. I, yeah, no, I, exactly. I understand the limitation, and I, I appreciate it for that, but yeah, it is kind of, of stark contrast. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm assuming, like, for them to do it at the degree... Like, if we wanted, like, a Metal Gear Solid quality, like, scenes with people talking, they would have had to have mocapped somebody for every single character mm-hmm. that you run into that says anything in the entire world. 
Which, yeah. If you'd imagine the the cost that would have on a company, I would to have done do that. Free. They, well, we this game wouldn't. Fallout yeah, right it wouldn't now. have come <laughs> out. Like right. we would. It would. Not, it just wouldn't have happened. Yeah. yeah. So it's like that's. I mean, that's where it's like you need that. That kind of perspective is useful, but it's still. It's like it's like you brought up Adam it's a hard adjustment to make when all the other games around it are doing such a good job in executing that to like r- levels of realism that were not even imagined a few years ago really yeah, yeah so. i have one more thing to say about this and then i want to talk about a gameplay feeling i have but my sure. thing is that people uh easily forget or easily skip over the fact that and I'm going to go back to a game like The Witcher 3, right? There are, there are cutscenes in The Witcher 3 and there are dialogue events that look absolutely fantastic. And there are others that don't look as good. Like the facial animation in that game is inconsistent as well. But the thing about those moments where it looks phenomenal and looks really, really good are often because, well, you're inside like a corridor. And that's the only thing being rendered right now is what you, Geralt, the person you're talking to and the lighting the lighting in that corridor are the only things being rendered by the game, the only thing yeah. being calculated. A lot of times it's a scripted cutscene that you're watching, like just straight up a video file, not mm-hmm. you know, live characters. Yeah, and those don't exist in Fallout. Right. There are no live cutscenes that you're never taken out of the the natural progression of the world around mm-hmm. you. So just some, something to just something to remember. I just kinda wanted to add that yeah, in there no, at the end. Um, yeah. So a gameplay thing, I wanna uh, uh, bring up this feeling I'm having another so let's let me see I'll go back to okay I love Fallout 4 for its world it's vivid it's it's lush it has so many different uh, types of environments and and almost different genres in the way it, it combines those but so that's one pillar another thing I love about it is um, changes they've made to character development and I guess you know I, I can say gameplay but it's a role-playing game so I'm in this case I'm just talking about character development now to, to, go, to go back to Fallout 3 for a bit, that game had weapon skills. Very similarly to Oblivion, to Skyrim, you've got a skill for two-handed swords, one-handed swords, bow and arrow. And then in Fallout, you had your energy weapons, your one-handed pistols. I don't remember exactly, but you get the yeah. idea, right? Uh, and that's something that you guys are familiar with just from playing all of Bethesda's games. So for some reason, I'm fine with that system in the Elder Scrolls, and it and it's always made sense to me. But it never really did in Fallout, and I think the reason why is because in the Elder Scrolls it makes sense that a character who is skilled at a certain, who is skilled at at the the nuance of wielding an axe or the nuance of wielding a spear or a bow, which is completely different, mm-hmm. that there would be different skills associated with that. But in a game like Fallout, where yes, the guns are different and they're technically held in different ways, but like it's a post-apocalyptic survival scenario and. I always felt like if you were competent at firing an assault rifle, you're going to know how to hold a shotgun and be decent at that as well, you know? So so for me, it, it made less sense that you had weapon skills attached to each weapon in that regard. And so because of that, I love how Fallout 4 has ditched that completely and gone full, uh, full bore wholesale on the perk system. I love that change. Hmm. Um, yeah. I'm curious about your guys' thoughts and person there because I mean we can dive into the perks a little bit more but yeah it just makes more sense to me that my guy who is you know I favor sniper rifles generally that's kind of been my play style so far and you know I'm not afraid to bring out an assault rifle in a close quarter situation and the game doesn't penalize penalize me for doing that and I think that's the right way to go with it because what is the phrase it's um uh, uh rising tide lifts all boats right so if you're awesome at like rifles if you're just a skilled assassin 
it makes sense that you'd at least know how to hold an SMG and not just be like flailing wildly with it. You'd have <laughs> some kind of some kind of natural gun controller. That's not a weird gun control. You have some natural <laughs> gun competence, right? God, do you imagine? Um, That'd be hilarious if there was like a DLC with some guy that's like wanting like to do gun control in about, yeah. yeah, in the wasteland. You yeah, got too totally. many guns. Somebody's gonna so, bring order. So yeah. I have two questions, I guess. One, do you guys uh, agree that it's a good change? It's fine either way. I'm I'm curious how you feel about how weapon skills have been removed. And then kind of bouncing off of that, I, I think we gotta talk about the perk system, because that's such a defining thing in the game. Yeah, I'll let Adam go because I've talked more than he has so far. <laughs> because you played far more than I have. That's true. Um, coming again for see my my memory of Fallout Three is misty at best, hazy at worst. But <laughs> like I've just been picking up random weapons and just using them on the fly. I haven't really because it doesn't. It's a little more obtuse with its how it unveil like un, unravels its systems and like in showing you how you do these things. So I'm still not really at the stage yet where I can kind of where that's even relevant or pretty even much yeah that's the thing mm -hmm. yeah so I I like that I can feel like if I if I'm if I've been using a shotgun for dozens of hours and that's been my go-to weapon my trusty shotgun I like that I can kill a boss or get through a dungeon and find a really kick-ass SMG like an SMG that shoots exploding bullets like that's a that's a <laughs> legendary weapon I actually have <laughs> and, and it's like I'm not gonna not only does it make it makes gameplay sense because it's just more fun like as a player yeah, it's more diverse as well yeah like mm -hmm. you can have those different experiences you don't get locked into it so it's more fun for me but then also in a lore perspective I think it makes total sense that just because my dude loves sniper rifles or shotguns, he's not just going to ignore the the world's craziest SMG, the most badass exploding bullet weapon because he can't doesn't know how to hold it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that's just the, the the narrative in my head because I know that the weapon skills bothered a lot of people because it and you know objectively it does simplify I guess mm -hmm. the the nature of your character development, but I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. So I'm actually I'm glad I let Adam talk so let me think about this thing that just came to me about it was that basically what they did which is a great um, compromise for it for what they did is they removed it but they put all that emphasis on or what basically did what they they took weapon skills and made it the crafting system so if you want to be good with That's these true, weapons yeah. you have to put the time in to make that weapon good yeah mm -hmm. so it basically they just they took the emphasis of where that uh, successfulness came from off of the player and onto the weapon itself. And it's such a shift from a negative outlook which says we're going to penalize you for weapon types you don't use often to a positive outlook that's saying you can use whatever you want but you can become really good at yeah. using certain ones. Um, yep. So, so, I, think yeah. that, uh, so that, I think they did a really good job with that. It's like that's actually something I didn't even really remember or bother. I mean it's not something that was I thought about at all when I was playing 4 so I mean they I would say that's clearly a positive thing then because I didn't feels natural, right? Yeah, it yeah. just felt like a natural thing, and it didn't. So then the um, also. so the perks then the perks kind of they kind of replace that system in a way because the perks are now a little more detailed to compensate for that. Like I really mm -hmm. love the way the perks are laid out. You know, S P E C I A L the special. Like it, it's just it's mm -hmm. just a really cute interface. Like it's mm -hmm. really charming. How and even in the like I freaking loved that <laughs> the the. the whatever it took, the 20 minutes it took to install the game. Like, that was, like, the most enjoyable installation of any yeah. game I've ever played. That was awesome, playing all those videos. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, the perks themselves, <clears throat> I think um, the way they're laid out in that chart, 
at first made it a little difficult. It, it was a little overwhelming for me because I had to be like, oh, yeah, Jesus, there's like 10, there's like ten rows of this, and like I have to okay, where it made it difficult. There's to so plan. many tiny men. What do I do? <laughs> right. It, it, it made it difficult to plan where I was going to invest my points later, and I knew right off the bat because I fell in love with settlements and the crafting system right away. I knew, okay, no matter what, the moment I gain access to a new rank of gun nut or a new rank of armorer, I want to put a per point in that, no matter what happens else. And then from there, it was kind of freeform, but like looking back, like there are definitely a few perks where it's like, well, I probably wouldn't have selected that if I had thought a little bit more about my progression. But I don't blame myself for not thinking about it because the layout kind of makes it difficult to to plan. I think. Right. I think ex more experienced <clears throat> Fallout players have an advantage there because it's like we had talked about this uh, in the past, you, you and I, Kyle, about mm -hmm. not on record, but uh, <laughs> off the record. Yeah, off the record. The <laughs> CD pub. Um, nobody has to know. But it was basically when you were talking about the things that you put your stuff in, and I put my main perks, or at the beginning when you had to allocate points, I put most of mine in charisma, and then from when I was oh, yeah, when I, I was leveling up, I put all of my basically I put all of my points into lock picking, and then later on into terminals, because it's like, and then I I've spread the rest out kind of evenly throughout other weapon perks and. All then the such as you're going on, but basically because like charisma is so important in Fallout, in terms of like influencing people, if you want to, yeah. if you want to have like the best outcome in what you're doing, or you want good deals on stuff, it just makes the game so much easier. You're not as you might not be as strong, or you might not have this upgrade when you get to that point, but you're in such a better position in like in terms for the unexpected. Yeah, and that kind of right. So it's like that's yeah, that makes sense. I, I really that's really love... easy for me. But and same with like the lock picking stuff is that like, I when I was playing when I played through Fallout Three and stuff for the first time is like I didn't I didn't do that properly. I guess I would say or I would, didn't do it the way how I wanted because I kept coming onto these safes, and I could never open them. And I was like, oh, this is so upsetting to me. Or like I'd always get distracted and I wouldn't upgrade that. So it's like. Going into this, I was like, okay, charisma, lockpicking, and terminals, I have to get those so I can just unlock all of those things as soon as I find them instead of trying to go back and do all that stuff. And Yeah, it's funny through, how so. that's evolved. I think, I think the perk system really succeeds because even though technically, given enough time, you... From what I hear people say, there is no level cap, so you could theoretically build up oh, enough really? perk points. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Um, which is, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I have mixed feelings about that. I think, like, whatever. If, if you're at the point where you've spent 200 hours in the game, like, whatever, do whatever you want, you know? Right, yeah. yeah, I guess I'm okay with that. I think that's time. great because that's something that I was fearful of because I like, I like being able to get to the point where I've put so much time into this that I just become the most badass thing in the wasteland and can just, like, nothing can touch you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's, that's a great thing that Bethesda is really good at usually is that they just allow you to be just feel awesome as you're running through their worlds once you put the work into it. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it, the perk system really succeeds in that it, it has so yeah, in, in the run up to that, you know, that limitless power level, like let's just say level 80, right, or whatever it would take to be basically unstoppable. Mm -hmm. in, in between there and now, like for the first 60 hours I've been playing the game it's like, my perk choices are legitimately difficult. Like there's Mm -hmm. With the exception of the levels, like I know where okay, well, the moment I hit that level, I'm getting another crafting perk. So I'm really big into weapon and armor crafting. All that space in between, I'm like, I find myself sitting on the perk menu for a couple minutes, kind of mulling over the options, thinking about what they mean. So I think that is a success in that it 
it, it, that's a great thing in RPGs, right? Actually having your character development mean something and feel something and, mm-hmm. and actually a difficult choice because that tells you that all options are balanced and it's funny to hear you say that you invested in terminals and in charisma because now I got to like whatever level 20 25 I started to see how important charisma was in so many conversations and mm-hmm. probably half of the opportunities I've been missing I'm like oh damn I wish I you know oh, I wish I would have knew that I would have put more points in charisma but then wait I wouldn't have been yeah. able to be such a ludicrously powerful sniper uh, and I wouldn't be as sneaky as I am so I think it's a it's a victory in that respect. Difficult choices. Yeah, you get rewarded for no matter what you do. It's just it's what rewards do you want at the time? What's your uh, what's your playstyle so far, Adam? How are you kind of eyeing out the perks and what do you th- which direction do you think you'll go? I had it ringing in my ears to just throw everything into charisma, so that's kind of what I did. So mm-hmm. I've been able to kind of. There's been a lot of like I've come across some kind of rape, not raid. Well, there's been some like, conflicts and stuff, and I've been able to kind of. Just disarm everybody without any, anything happening, you know, one toward no kind of gunshots and stuff due to <laughs> just, I just a legendary that, peacekeaper. Just that's that's what I want to be. I want to, I want to be like the UN. Just you know, UN hey, something. Hey, no, okay. <laughs> exactly. So I guess it's the best of both worlds. So I can go in, disarm some conflict, and get some stuff in the process. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I've been mostly doing. Again, I'm only I think I'm level eight or something, so I haven't really had an opportunity to to avail of the perk system too much because I haven't got that many points but mostly in charisma and I've already reaped the benefits of that I think you know I've kind of been able to save a lot more bullets from just shooting at random people and being able to disarm a lot of situations so I'm happy with that I think I'll continue down that path as well I don't know what the secondary or third perk, perk that I'll continue along that same road but charisma at the moment is just kind of my go to thing that's I think uh, oh, go ahead. That's, that's a big that's it's great continue on that path because um and I don't know if we want to segue into this quite yet, but another thing, let's call it the third pillar of why I love Fallout, is <laughs> oh, um, like a religion. The changes. Oh, Fallout the changes, is a religion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the changes to companions and how much they fleshed out the nature of your NPC companions, how you can romance them, how they have not like, the dog even door. now. Yeah, no, not the dog. That is, that is. By the way, dog meat is, is like is dog meat is the best looking dog I've ever seen in a game. Like for facial animation and just for like appearance, See, it looks that... like a German Shepherd, and that like, like it's crazy to think that out of like it. Yeah. The rest of the game is like kind of like, like it's clearly a video game when you look at the characters and stuff. But it's mm-hmm. like dog meat is like that is the most realistic realistic looking dog I've actually ever seen. I in thought the game. I, th- I, th- I thought his legs and paws. I thought his legs and paws were really good. Like, there's something about they spend so much re- time on them. <laughs> you don't even realize it until you see a good example like Dog Me. But it's like, yeah, you know, some dog legs and paws are kind of that sort of scrawny, thin, yeah. like a little bit bony. Like you can see kind of the the, mm-hmm. the the sinew of his of his scrawny legs or his thin legs. So yeah, that that was a a great thing. Dog quality. Um, sorry, I got off a the little companions bit. Of, the companions. The companions. Yeah, companions. Dog yeah. Me too. Companion, right? Not not one you can romance, uh, fortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> caught myself there. Yeah. You, um, yeah, that's really impressed me because I have spent a ton of time with various companions. Well, mostly one companion. Um, I'm gonna just say it. it's Kate. She's she's has an Irish accent. Adam, shout out to to your native land. I can't do without it. Like I need that in my life. Of course. Especially in especially in YouTube form. <laughs> Thank you. I, don't, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, with spending so much time with her, 
it initially impressed me how much unique dialogue she had. Like she was commenting on the items I was picking up. She was actually interjecting herself into story cutscenes and story dialogue. And I'm like, holy crap, like you are integrated as a character in this game if I want you to be. Like that blew my mind enough. And then to find out, well, you can romance them. And when you romance them, there's a perk where they're your lover. Um, they have a whole totally new set of dialogue when they're your love interest. And so that just keeps unfolding. And like even now, at, at 80 hours in, I'm still doing story missions that she has unique dialogue and responses to. So I have kind of set myself on the path now where I don't do story missions without her because she is just a character there now. <laughs> and it feels weird to do a story mission and think, oh, I'm going to do this, but if I don't bring her with me, I'm going to miss out on everything she has to say. And I'm going to miss out on the feeling of having her with me and being an important player in this scene. So that has been hugely impressive, and that's all I have to say about yeah, that. Is, <laughs> I just my, I just hit a wall, but yeah. Yeah, I, companions I are done really well, but there's one of the only negatives that I have on Fallout 4 is that I feel that there's, I feel like there just are too many of them in a lot of ways. But at the same time, it's kind of nice in certain instances. But if you look at it in a certain way, but overall, I just there's so many of them that it's just like, I I haven't even. I'm like I know that I haven't even seen probably close to all of them yet. No, but and I know how, but how many just, there are. I know I've only are a lot of them. Half. Are they all like? Is there a lot of them that are off the beaten track, or or is there a good amount of them that you will kind of encounter if you kind of continue along the main line of the, of the quests and stuff? I think I think through the main story you'll definitely meet. I'm I'm just gonna throw a number out there. I don't really know, but maybe like four different companions. Like you'll you'll meet a handful in the course of playing the story but yeah they're even set the up ones pretty well are... for you to just kind of happen onto them so yeah mm-hmm. the ones that are hidden in side quests like hidden is not even the right word because side quests have a way of just injecting themselves into your quest log you know yeah. you know like you yeah. might hear a conversation on the side and suddenly you've got a new quest and then that mm-hmm. leads you to a companion pretty shortly so but it's just, i don't like what i didn't like so much is that like i'd start getting used to somebody or I'd have I'd just get them good armor and stuff to be set up to fight with me for a while or I was planning yeah. on having them with me and then I'd pick up a mission and they I'd had to either choose to do the mission or I'd have to and get a different companion to come with me for that one and then get rid of the other person who might or may not have like a ton of stuff with them that I'm <laughs> waiting yeah. for and then they have to get rid of them <clears throat> or find them later and it's I do think like, the interface yeah the interface and this is starting to get into some of my negatives too the interface for your companions and for settlements as well leaves a lot to be desired like the way when you meet a companion and if you have one with you already you have to pick a settlement to send them to and there is absolutely no way for you to tell which one you sent them to a dozen hours later like you can be pretty (laughs) sure it's it's smart yeah. yeah exactly and that happened to me where I forgot where I sent Kate after I met somebody else and I thought I had a pretty good idea, so I went there and looked around for her. Nothing in sight, and well, none of the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't the even have, section. but they don't even have markers to show like if they're in, like if they're in the settlement. Like if you're in the settlement where you have companions at, or like most of mine are in Sanctuary Hills. Like right. if there aren't even like little markers on your map or anything that show like this oh, one to is find in, them and like to show then, that this group, yeah. these ones are present here. Like, in, like right, so, so like you if you have like a bunch yeah if you have a bunch of different buildings or different stuff that they're in they could be anywhere literally anywhere and one time like I was trying to find Kate when I had her too and I was trying to find her and 
she was like standing in between like these plants and like I could not see her and her name didn't show up. So I was like, where the hell is Kate? And then I heard her say something yeah. like really snippy and I was like, what the, oh, it's like she walked out of the tree and I was like, what the hell? Like, I couldn't find you. It was just I, like, yeah. And I sent her to a settlement once and I, and I had a good feeling that that was the place I had sent her. It wasn't sanctuary because it was full, which is another strange thing. I had to pick a different one just because I was maxed out on size. Yeah. But I went there and couldn't find her. I was not... 90% sure that was the one and although she did eventually show up because I guess she just hadn't reached the settlement yet in her travel time like I got there before her so to speak I was legitimately worried to the point where I'm like not only is this going to suck from a gameplay perspective because she has like you said a bunch of good weapons and gear that I gave her mm -hmm. like like that machine gun with exploding bullets that was hers that's her gun to use mm -hmm. but also like I am really invested in her as a as a peripheral character and someone that I bring along on my quest. Like, she is coming with me on my quest to find my son, Sean. And she's my new love interest. That's fine. My wife has was murdered. My wife was killed. And, you know, in my, in my head, this is kind Are of... Are you still wearing the wedding ring, Kyle? I still have it with me, yes. And I'm still wearing it. Uh, you I gotta move on, to man. To you gotta move on. <laughs> yeah, just give it to Kate. Tell <laughs> the bridge, man. Get over it. <laughs> um... But no, so like a lot of this is, I get that a lot of this is kind of in my head as like the, the role-playing vibe that I'm doing, but it's yeah. very it's very important to me. It's easy Kate, to fall into. Like, exactly. They do that so well. it's important to me that she's with me on the quest. So I got legitimately worried that she was gone because mm -hmm. of some game glitch and loss, and I'm like, this is going to fucking suck yeah. if I don't have her with me for the rest of the game. But that's partly why I think they have too many companions too, is that you start getting invested in actually being with, having this person with you. Like, I, I'd prefer the... I'd prefer it if they didn't like so you have benefits of depending on who your companion is and like <laughs> like obviously what you're saying for that but like you can even you can even have them do stuff for you right too. like Kate can do like lock picking is something which is redundant for me because I'm a lock picking master right so, yeah. so I am too and like every time she says like oh I could probably try to do that and it's like well I got it Kate I'm here <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, and, but you have that and there's other people who do like terminals they can do and then that kind of stuff where they they have those skills to be able to work with you if you're not particularly fluent in that aspect of the gameplay which is which is good and I like that but they also I do like how that when you do different choices or something they have like that say that in the corner it'll say like Kate loved or liked that or whatever I have only, I've only had one time where a different companion said that they loved that when I like charge into a room with a bunch of enemies and just blew them away with my shotgun <laughs> and he's just like was like so and so loved that, and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, so, I, I guess thinking about it in that respect, it, it does stink because like I'll meet people like I met this, um, you know, I won't go into names too much, but I, I've met a couple different people now where I am kind of interested in them as characters. And I'm like, "Oh, you seem actually cool, and I would like to take you along." But mm -hmm. if I take you along, that means I'm going to restrict myself to doing side missions because Kate needs to be there for the main story. Again, it's totally self-imposed, like that's right. my own rule that I'm putting on myself. But I feel like a lot but they, of their characters are yeah, I mean it's a testament to them being really good at what they're doing, but also just like it's it becomes a problem because of how well they executed on making interesting characters yeah. and making people that you want to spend time with. But Bringing then they ring two, flood you. the ring two would help a lot. That would be um, kind of cool. But maybe, but maybe that would get out, it would, outlaw party. <laughs> it would feel like a kind of a traditional Final Fantasy like three person party yeah. that you get to go along with. But um, I do wish they had more of a more of a 
prominent role in your settlements though instead of just being random people helping <clears throat> out or like if they went yeah. back to where they you got them from and they just like continued their role in the certain city or settlement or wherever and they just i think that would be more interesting or yeah it'd be nice if you had that option to send them back to their natural sort of yeah because it's just habitat. like because i have the time i feel bad when i have to send somebody who i got from like the city and send them to some like random abandoned place <laughs> it's, it's like, like on your i don't want you to be alone by yourself like in this little area oh, yeah, right, it's right, just yeah. like yeah. but and yeah. it's just like but there there's no food for you there it's like why can't you just go home and it's like <laughs> no well so but yeah it's just it's one of those weird things it's like i really like the companions that they have and that you can use i mean their ai is just like so stupid so it's like you don't use them to actually like legitimately fight for you not at least not for the first however major chunk of time that you're going to be playing you can make yeah, them better and more great. awesome but they're basically you just kind of use them as a distraction or like as bait since they can't die like you can just like command them to go into a room with a bunch of people and draw all their fire and you just go into vats and shoot everyone else in the back while your person's like being <laughs> just blasted with bullets or your you dog, can, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not no, dog not dog meat. meat. Not, not dog. dog. Meat. No, I wouldn't do I, that. I, to dog man, meat. the the dog meat's whimper has always got to me. I was like, no, yeah. dog meat. Well, half the it's time like, he'd run up to like a turret and attack it, and then blow it up in his <laughs> face. It's like you deserve that, you dumb animal. <laughs> That's the thing. Like I've only had the experience of the one companion, obviously being dog meat, and it's yeah. good and bad in equal measure. Like I kind of like having a dog companion, and he. But he is really stupid. He's got stuck in doors sometimes. He he walks gets... off skyscrapers for me. Like he's yeah, he walked gets... off like four story buildings and just like lands. Or like he... I had that one time. I was like I was on the ground and then I turned around and I heard, just heard like a crunch and a yelp. And he I looked and he caught it as he fell from the sky. And I was like, <laughs> <"Who> the hell? <laughs> <are> you? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's really yeah it's really entertaining. What else? Uh, what else have you been able to do in your first couple hours, Adam? Like exploring out in the world. I've just. Well, I've walked around a lot, kind of happened upon a lot of raiders, <laughs> mostly just raiders, to be honest. And mm -hmm. those, what what was you mentioned? There was the several. Feral was no, no, was, well, them also, but the crab type things. Oh, the, the, yeah, the Myrlurks. Yeah, like, when they attacked me first, it was a tiny side mission where there was, like, this reservoir type thing, and I had to go down and just, like, twist some knobs to like stop bubbles from going up and then as soon as that was done I went to talk to the guy who had like sent me on that little tiny mission thing they just jumped up from the ground and I actually was terrified <laughs> they're, they're quick, they were quick as well and like yeah. for some reason at that stage everything else was kind of okay but they took a long time to kill with what I had so I felt pretty uh, underpowered yeah. at that stage so but definitely the, I'm uh, moving into like raider settl settlements and stuff and kind of going back because I want to go back to Sanctuary Hills and really try and come to terms with the the, like the, the the actual mechanics of the game, like the crafting and the settlement building and stuff, because that's one thing that is, it seems by choice, it's deliberately kind of obtuse. It doesn't really show you. There's no real tutorial per se. So, I'm kind right. of well, that's actually trying to put the one of the together, other things. Watching a course, PSU's fine coverage. Yeah. <laughs> but something uh, that's really surfing. something that's Surf. really annoying to me with the crafting thing is that maybe this is there and I just haven't take, been patient enough to look for it. Is that you can't see the full list of what's required to craft something half the time. Like the list is so long that it's like, it shows that you have all of the things you need on like the four that show for it right away to the, on the right side. Like if you hover over like this addition to your weapon or your armor or something, and there'll be like four slots that show this is what you need. And then you click okay to craft it and this big menu comes up that shows like 10 things. <clears throat> 
So it's like they don't. There's not a simple way of just like displaying that for you to show like the what you need or half the time even like what you get from something it doesn't show up right away or like what you can get from an item when you scrap it. It'll yeah. show you like three different op, three different like a, a row or a list of three things you can get from it, and sometimes you could end up getting like five or six different items from it. So like that's one of the things where people have a lot of trouble at the beginning, is that people couldn't fi- like people not being able to figure out where you get copper from. And it's like, well, the light posts in Sanctuary Hills give you copper, but it doesn't show up on the list when you're scrapping them. Oh, okay. So it's I see like, what you mean. That's, that's, that's something that's just really yeah. poorly designed. Yeah, that because way. I, I understand they don't show how to use VATS, but it's not a complicated system. And they, you know, yeah. the onus is on you to know how to use it. It's a really famous staple. I know it's slightly twinged or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but that, it shouldn't be, though. That's the thing is that, like, even though they are so prominent, they should. They, they that is something that we we all kind of mentioned beforehand was that that they really are lacking in their tutorials and explaining. Oh, absolutely. How the game like, as I said, like, though, I can understand that, but yeah, the the new things that have been added, the settlements and stuff, they really they are lacking right. in that sort of tutorial. And they could, the they could have implemented it. That it's not not in like a, not in a a way that it's ham fisted or kind of impinges on what you're trying to do at the time. But mm-hmm. I don't know, just something because. There's a really Absolutely. easy thing they they could have done, and because here's the thing, there there's a lot of there's a lot of settlement specific knowledge in the game's help menu that is never displayed to you in like a dialogue box or or a, mm-hmm. or a notice box. So mm-hmm. all they would have really had to do, and like I didn't realize that stuff was in the help menu until I had been playing for 40 hours and was writing my 70 things you didn't know about Fallout 4 <laughs> feature, like struggling to come up with the last few. I'm digging through the help menus, and I found all these settlement. Um, notes and I'm like yeah I, I had no idea these were here and it could have and, and and letting the player know those were there could have been as simple as Preston saying by the way here's a you know here's a construction manual that might help you build some things and then a notice comes up settlement topics have been added to the help menu you know even if it's yeah, that would have been perfect, yeah. just letting you know if you if you you know go forth and build and and learn things for yourself because some people kind of like the hands-off approach mm-hmm. but if you're ever stuck about something now you've got that thought in your head of okay maybe it's in the help menu and I'll check there because that's how I learned for example when you're um when you're moving around in the settlement holding an object in front of you like I built my entire settlement um physically moving my body and turning the camera to place objects right that was the way I did it you can actually independently move an object horizontally and vertically without moving your body but they don't tell you that except in the help menu oh I didn't know that either actually yeah if you hold X when like you have a, a yeah. Like a, a pass-through object just held in front of you, like something you're about to create. Hold X and then move the left stick, and you can move it horizontally. And if you hold X plus L1 at the same time, yeah. you can move it vertically. So that's just, and that's I, I what's no even idea. like that. Um, that was the thing too. Is like one of the things that I I had mentioned right before we started recording was that I didn't learn how to pick up objects in the re- regular game world outside of the editor until last night oh, right. when I looked yeah. it up on like the Fallout wiki. Because you can do that in three, and it's it tells you like you you have to hold you like right click in that one I think is what it is, and they change the control on it is where you have to hold down X, but right. it doesn't it like they have a list of controls like game controls, but it misses like half the controls of the game. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like why wouldn't you include those there? Like why would they be in like the help menu or anything like that? Why aren't they in the controls? Because it's part of the controls mm-hmm. of the game. Another example I can think of. And this goes to the the settlement. For better or for worse, the settlement system is a source of a lot of my praise for the game, and most 
least of my concerns because it's yeah. just such a robust thing that I totally didn't expect to be so fascinated with and spent so much time with. But because of that time, I've, I've unearthed these little frustrations like the control thing I mentioned with the horizontal movement as well as uh, and I didn't even know this until someone in the comments of one of my videos told me if you're trying to place a wall at a corner, like you're trying to create a corner with two walls, mm -hmm. and if the game's just being finicky about it, like not letting you because of elevation, yeah. or, or or you know sometimes sometimes even the corner pieces don't properly right. make a corner. Well, here's what you can do: slap a roof onto the wall you've already placed, and then place a wall on the perpendicular side of that roof, and it works every time, and it makes a perfect huh. corner any place that you want to jeez. and it's like jeez please yeah. so knowing that I go back through like half my settlement kind of re rejiggering stuff that I had managed to look kind of okay but was just kind of the best I could do and I'm like oh well, now I can make perfect corners wherever I want to um, and yeah so that's mm -hmm. one thing um, yeah the, the, able to just kinda... right. the bottom line is that the help the help system at the very least just letting players know by the way if you want to read more there's more here in the help menu would have yeah. been so I mean, the, there's a lot of things okay. in terms. Of, I would have loved to have a just like a slightly, like they give you so much control in the editor to be able to do a lot of things, but it doesn't give you like quite enough control when you're placing mm -hmm. objects or moving things around. It's just, it gets really tough. frustrating. Yeah, yeah, and it's, same, it's and, inconsistent. Sorry, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll go ahead. off of that point with elevation. For example, you cannot lower walls into the ground if you wanted to make like a half wall or yeah. a or something like that, but you can lower stairs into the ground. So like that big right. whatever, 10 step staircase, mm -hmm. you can use, like I had, I had a situation where that staircase was attached to a walkway, but the stair wasn't quite long enough to reach the ground. Well, I just made another one to fill in the last couple of gaps and I sunk it way deep below the earth. Right. But those kind of things you only get through experimenting. So I don't know how they would have done that, except maybe a little icon next to the name that says, this is something you can lower. This is something you yeah. can't. Or just say screw it and make it so that the rules are consistent. You can lower anything into the below the earth to a certain point. Right, or but even just be able to turn on, turn like snapping objects snapping to each other on oh and off. Gosh, the biggest that would yeah, make so that would make things so much easier half the time when you're trying to do stuff because mm -hmm. it gets so frustrated just trying to turn something just slightly just so it'll fit and that so it'll glow green and showing that you can place it. But then half the time it'll just snap away from you and it'll throw off what you're doing. And you have to remove all the other stuff out of the way to try to get that there, and it's like the seams. Oh. The seams do start to show themselves too, because you can see kind of the logic they're going with in certain cases. Like, okay, I get why I can't clip two objects together because it could create problems, and as the developer, you don't want to necessarily allow players to clip absolutely anything together. But I've had situations where because of some weird way that I erased something and then added something else. I've had I've had a copper wire just hang in the air unattached yep. to anything because I like had it attached to a power conduit, moved that conduit, but then the wire was still hanging there. And you're not supposed to be able to do that because it only lets you create a wire initially from one point to another. But then you can there's 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 small ways like that where you can game the system. And it's like, well, if this is technically possible, like if I can I, if I can create floating platforms with no support through you know this kind of this kind of finagling you know maybe don't even bother trying to prevent me from doing that if that makes sense because yeah. i could get around your rules i can find a way to make this platform just floating there in midair mm -hmm. but i have to you know so it, it i guess uh, 
I guess like the rules are they, they they seem contradictory because at the end of the day you can pretty much do whatever you want if you just play with it enough. So it's not the rules aren't there to prevent the game from breaking. They they seem a little bit arbitrary because of that. Yeah, and it'd be something to know too. Like if they had specific uh, like since your settlements can come under attack from time to time and you can build walls and stuff around to protect your settlements. But is there like it would be nice to know if there was a difference at all between just like normal building walls and like building the junk fences and stuff that you see in like the regular settlements and like <clears> old <throat> that are like propped up and they have like barbed wire and they're defended. But you can build a normal wall for a for like a building that doesn't cost as many resources to make. But is it as structurally sound? Like, does it still prevent people from going right, around? Like, it seems right. like that would like it would because there's normal like all enemies pretty much have to go around any wall that's there and there was a so question it's... too somebody asked me in one of my videos oh i see you put your water purifier out by the river and it's not really protected by anything so aren't you worried raiders will destroy that and i kind of thought about the question i'm like i don't know whether to be worried about that or not you know i yeah, don't know if that will happen for one reason because the raiders don't attack me nearly as much as i'd like them to um, I've only been attacked once. I've only had one settlement attacked once by like four super mutants. Jeez, yeah, and that was that's it. That's what I mean. That's a little strange because it's like. And I saw somebody on like one of the videos that you made too that commented about like you know, I would suggest your gate is too big. You should have just a smaller door for the funneling in case like <laughs> yeah, a, was, it's a, like, in case of a super me. mutant yeah. like brute comes through or like a. <laughs> in a my head, I'm thinking, believe Titan or me, I'm not worried <laughs> because right. they won't make up the road. Like like all the things I'm building are a little bit arbitrary because they won't make it past the bridge. My settler is going to kill them first. Yeah, that's uh, just like. But yeah, so that's a little disappointing because it's like I get that it, you know, well, you want to build up your defenses so that your settlement is more secure, so that it's less likely to be attacked. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what's really the point of building a settlement except to like put it to the test, you know? So. Yeah. And so I've some... had a lot of glitches too where I, it's been annoying to me is that there's a in the data portion of your pit boy where it'll show the list of your settlements and their like condition and it'll yeah. show if you're if you don't have a certain resource or you're lacking in an area they'll have like a little triangle with an exclamation point and then they'll be like okay you should fix this at some point but there's no real urgency to do it ever but the, my main thing for that is that half the time it keeps it just like lies to me like, yeah I've noticed i keep that too. like i've had like my sanctuary hills settlement has like 20 beds in it just to have 20 beds and i've had it literally say that i've only had two beds in it or i've had that, four beds in it and the it's same like, the same damn thing happened like, to me like earlier today yeah i, I, I go like there and it's like no i have them seven. and like the settlers will complain like people have been complaining about the bed situation they've like, had well, to they take turns be, sleeping there's a shitload of beds right well there's more <laughs> beds than you are so why are you taking shifts it's sleeping <laughs> it's like <laughs> It's like yeah, what the heck? Really. Also, there's a couch. You can sleep on the couch. Um, yeah, it's yeah. just been weird. And the the uh, uh, item clipping is really annoying too. Like you can build these cabinets and stuff. Like I put a I had a, a bar shelf where I was putting like glasses and stuff on top of them, and I've noticed that if something is too skinny, it'll just fall through. Like all the glasses really? and the bottle just oh. like fall through everything and they'll disappear like into the floor. Oh, and so there's it, just bottles underneath the floor that you can no like, longer I can't get ever. Yeah, and it's like, but then there'll be some there, and the different stuff. Where like I have a, I put a pool table in my main house, and mm -hmm. I went through. This, this is one thing that I do think is really great for the crafting system is that I put a pool table there, but there aren't any pool balls you can get. So I basically made a mini side quest for me that was ongoing to collect one of every kind of pool ball, 
So I I've got the same. Yeah, I started doing the same thing after you. We talked about that earlier. Yeah, and I did that the that. other day. I was got all the whole set for it, but the 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 rack on the table is like sinking into it, and both pool cues just won't stay on it. They'll just fall through when I come back. They'll be gone. Oh, and, like damn. fall through on the table or on the ground, and it's. It's just like I'm, these weird things where it, it'll, it'll allow you to let them set on these items. Like they'll they'll yeah. snap to them to show that they can sit there. But then they just keep falling through. Even like uh, I've had bowling pins that fall through from like three stories up. <laughs> like I don't understand. Like they're too skinny or something to be able to just sit mm. there. And they'll just fall through and I won't. It's just well, this weird thing. Yeah, this gets into the territory of like it's such a cool system and such a robust system. And I have so much fun just like all the com- – like that's what's exciting to me about this is like – you know, in a month's time, going back to YouTube and like looking at all the things people have created, that's going to be so cool. But like any Bethesda game, the shit creeps in. Like, why is Trash Can Carla standing on my rooftop when I come back? To, <laughs> so you're like, I can't even get to her. Her cow is like stuffed into yeah, my bedroom. I, yeah, I had a Brahmin that was shoved into one of the homes and it couldn't <laughs> yeah. get out, and then it just like disappeared after like five seconds of trying. So yeah, we we deal with those things as they come. Strange um, things. But... One thing I'm really positive about, uh, and this is universally positive. All the critics have said this. Um, Another thing that Adam will have been able to experience in his uh, in his time with the game is the improved shooting. The shooting feels so oh much better. Oh my bad. god, yes. Even when the frame rate is working against you, which happens, you know, somewhat frequently, it's it's mm. still I'll stand by saying that Fallout 4 is Bethesda's uh, best console effort so far in the technical package. Mm-hmm. But it still has those issues. But even still with the frame rate like it's not, it's certainly not as smooth as Destiny or Call of Duty or anything oh, like God. that, but I can. But they, I do know that they, well, they brought in people from ID Tech, the people working yep. on Doom, to consult on the shooting and on the Vita version or the Vita version, the remote play version, the the same guys who did um, remote play for Destiny helped do the remote play for Fallout 4. So like the custom <laughs> controls and how sprinting is on the the down D pad, and that feels awesome as well. But yeah, just the shooting in general in the game is really, really good to the point where Vats is still, Vats is still really useful, and it's especially encouraged in like tight core situations where you're just overwhelmed. But like, there are plenty of times when I would rather snipe somebody from my own ability because I'm just better at it than the Vats chance. Yeah, just take or, some jet and then yeah, yeah, it. Like, yeah. I mean, I've neglected to use Vats really at all because given I'm underpowered, I'm kind of going into these different crevices of the map and just kind of exploring. So I inevitably run it run up against you know stronger opponents and stronger enemies and stuff so I kind of like to hang back a bit and try and like pick headshots and targets just with like free aiming rather than using vats and I've always found that I found that to be actually quite successful mm-hmm. but, what, um, what have you been using so far Adam for your weapon a couple ones or just one weapon well I was using that um, oh god what is it it's like a laser kind of it was the one you, you know the wind up laser kind of thing yeah. you get with the yeah, the, yeah when you first the laser yeah, musket. I was use, using that for a while, and then I, there's just been a couple of like like single shot rifles. I can't think of the names that the people have dropped. That's Combat why kind rifle of, is my favorite. Pretty much, like okay. it's something around that. So I kind of that's why I've like previously mentioned I want to go back now and kind of figure out what I want to start actually using and building upon mm-hmm. that. And, you know, right? Building well, the say, sanctuary and stuff. You know, I know it's kind of circling back, and you know, we want to keep you know the topics rolling, but that does circle back to just I love that I can. Like I spent 
I, I've had a shotgun with me for pretty much the entire game, and I've modified that over time to just be this badass double barrel shotgun that I call the governor. Huh. And I just roll I like that's just been it's it's upgraded with me. You know, its damage rating is like 140 or something because of my perks. Sure. So it's always been awesome. Um, but in the meantime, you know, my secondary weapons, I've I've bounced from using a laser. Um, a la- uh, like a, like a single shot laser rifle to a plasma sniper rifle to the SMG with the exploding bullets that I always come back to um, to I've used you know um, the 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 metal c- combat rifle in its sniper rifle form with through my modifications and uh, now I'm taking around the Gauss rifle with me uh, I've never used the Fat Man or the missile launcher because I've never had a need to and it's so I heavy the, I used the Fat Man once yesterday for the first time <laughs> actually it was a it was a it was a special version of the Fat Man. I can't remember what it was. Was what it the called. Merv launcher? Like the no, upgraded... it was, no, it was like a legendary weapon. Not a legendary weapon. Oh, okay. But it, it was like the one that has a star next to it. So it's yeah, a special yeah, type so of the Fat Man, but I I forgot to get rid of it, and there was a sentry bot that was in this cage, and it just started. Like one of the, <laughs> one of the big guys that have like the Gatling lasers for each arm, and they're mm-hmm. just like, I was like, oh my god, like I can't kill this thing. And I was like, wait a minute. I fired two mini nukes and just destroyed the thing. Like it survived one mini nuke. I had to use two. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, I just love that we can use. I I like it's great. Like I, I'll I'll pour so many resources and so much time into into upgrading little components, and I'll return back to my base frequently. And like this weapon is mine. This is this is the one. I'm gonna stick with this forever. Mm-hmm. And then I find some awesome legendary version of a weapon type I've never used before, and suddenly it's like, oh, this, well, this is even better now. Like mm-hmm. this is crazy. Like I spent all this time building a six sniper rifle, and then I found a legendary sniper rifle that shoots two bullets at once, which so has <laughs> double damage as a flat value. And I'm like, well, uh, time to rebuild. Yeah, my combat. <laughs> I like my main. My main weapons that I use on a consistent basis are my silenced, fully upgraded 10 millimeter, mm-hmm. and then I've got the combat shotgun, the combat rifle, and I have a silent sniper rifle, and then I've got a couple other... I've got like an energy... the uh, early special laser pistol, or laser rifle that I turned into a pistol, now back into a rifle. Yeah. Um, well, I love but those, that too, yeah. The, the so, but those stuff. are the main things. But yeah, like my combat shotgun ignores thirty percent of damage resistance by enemies. So it's like it's just so a beast. I use that in my there's there's a video that I put on PSU that's got a fighting a the Mirelurk Queen. You'll see that there's like there's certain legendary enemies like the Razor Claw that is in that fight that comes rushing at you. Once you get them down to like half health, they get full health again. They become tougher. Yeah, in the game, but <laughs> I used one. I used one clip of my combat shotgun, which is why the combat shotgun is like the best gun in the in all of Fallout. It came charging at me, and it's like it's a really cool scene in the video. Is like he, I put head jet, and he's rushing at me, and I'm firing just like douche, 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 and then he then he goes back up to full health and gets tougher, and then I just keep firing like five more shots and kill him with the the final shot in the magazine. <clears throat> <laughs> it was just so cool. Like I got ten shots off with the combat shotgun and just like just destroyed him. And it's just that they do a really good job with that. But that's actually the combat shotgun and the or the it was basically in three. It was combat shotgun was like once you got that you were golden for the rest of the game. Hunting rifle was like the main like long range weapon that you would use pretty for the mm-hmm. whole game. And then like for armor it was the combat armor which was usually 
really awesome and i've actually been kind of surprised at how like bad the combat armor is comparatively in the game like even if you certain or like if you have the you can have the same piece of armor that has the same mods to it that you get a few levels later you get one of them later and it's got like twice as much damage resistance. like better stats yeah like i don't I mean, understand the, that that seems really yeah, weird to me it's, it's just like why don't, don't you just make that part either. of the upgrades mostly because the naming structure like like you said there it doesn't really make sense because the same like you like as you modify things you'll notice how similar to skyrim it'll add words to the front of the name to indicate how you've modded it mm -hmm. but still if you have the same like you know combat armor chest piece is like the base of that right and like yep. you said you will find combat armor chest piece later that just has a yeah a higher damage resistance so it's like wait but it's the same though so i, I feel like they should probably use slightly more specific names yeah. like why isn't it a different type of armor like it's, for it's literally like, a weird thing. like one hour of the experience i normally go around in first person and i just took it off into third person for a minute and I realized I was just in my underwear with like a <laughs> submarine like a, one of like the submarine type helmets you know like the deep diver helmets so I was like what the hell oh, God. I was tempted to keep it though uh, of course of course awesome. you have to keep it I was wondering why I was taking so much damage I was like this game is brutally unfair and, yeah. and speaking yeah. of things so, that you so, wear to the combat ar or the, the power armor I I've honestly I've only ever used it once I, I use so it in the very beginning, and I, I I just don't use. It. I have like forty cells fusion cores now, so it's like I can clearly use one. I'm going to have to use one soon in one of the story missions that I'm mm. about to go into, or one of the actually it might I think it's a side mission. Yes, I don't know. well, don't don't underestimate that one. <laughs> well, that's a different one. I probably will with that anyway. But there's a different. Okay. But yeah, it's like it's just like I don't. I'm so used to not having power power armor from the older games that I just forget about it. Well, just... truthfully, yeah, I didn't use it for a long time just because it it didn't appeal to me because I wanted to feel like this kind of, not scrawny, but just like a human being, right? right? Like a human being out in the world trying to survive. And the power armor felt kind of antithetical to that. But when the, my time, yeah, when the time came that, that I did actually need to use it for certain quests, it felt more it felt like more of a thing like more powerful because i waited like i would yeah. i don't think i would have a lot of fun playing the majority of the game in power armor just because it, it it's 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 too good it's not brokenly good cuz i did actually die inside power armor once but it, it it's just really really good and i feel like fallout it should be more about the survival and and facing odds that are that are greater than you trying to come up with creative solutions to those yeah. those situations. And it's like honestly, like at the, I'm level 38 now. I was like maybe I think I was level 36 when this happened. But when the, the I I've actually that's one thing I'm actually kind of really disappointed in from what I've seen so far is that well I'm happy for when I'm when I'm playing the game I'm happy that this hasn't happened. But I'm also from just like an objective standpoint I'm kind of disappointed as a Fallout fan is that. I've only ever seen three Deathclaws in my entire playthrough. Like, I haven't seen, like, an entire nest of them or anything like that, or I haven't seen, like, four or five of them just walking around when I, like, turn a corner and just yeah. had that, like, oh, shit feeling, and I just, there like, had to run away. Deathclaw cave, isn't there? I'm sure there is. Like, I, there has to be, and they'd have, like, a yeah. legendary, or, a, like, a king Deathclaw or something. Or, But the, I've, I've, I, I was actually kind of wondering how I would do against... Like I've only, like I had to fight three of them in the time. One of them was when I was just go running to a different mission or ru running to somewhere for a mission, and there was a Yao Guai 
bear that showed up and I was fighting that and then all of a sudden I looked off in the distance there's this giant figure like kind of galloping towards me I was like what the oh shit it's a death claw <laughs> and then, and then oh. it killed the bear in front of me and then it started attacking me but I basically just kind of tiptoed around a tree and just killed him the but, scary shit is when a death uh, claw grabs you and lifts you up because it like breaks your animation what? and you lose I don't know if that's happened to you no yeah, I've never gotten close, close enough to a death claw they will pick you up yeah, and, and like it's it's kind of one of those video game things where it's a little bit scripted, but you lose all control, and he like lifts you into the air and like 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 kind of claws you a bit, and then throws you. Like I've oh, been thrown cool. by a death claw before, where you just like fly twenty thirty yeah. feet. But like even being, I was just um, when I got to level like thirty six or thirty seven or something, I was walking towards this different location on the southwestern part of the map, and. I was trying, I was using like, I, this one thing that's I like using sometimes when I'm in like these bigger areas and I can't see as much that's around me because of the trees and things. I'll just enter vats just to see what's nearby. And there were a couple of ghouls that showed up on the left side of where I was and I was like, okay, I'll just kind of walk off to this way. And then I took like two more steps and there was like this big kind of shake that happened in front of, like I heard this big noise <laughs> yeah. and there was this little like abandoned house that was up there and there was like a, it looked like it shook. And there's like this figure that just moved through, and then all out out from it sprinted sprinting towards me was a legendary death claw, and I was like, oh my god! And then I just took took all of my drugs, and I went into vats <laughs> mode, took my combat shotgun out, but I killed it in like three shots, and I was like, well, that was really anticlimactic. Like I'm only level thirty six, yeah. and I was like, wow, like that's. Like, I was hoping to be at least, like, a little bit scared to death when I was, like, had to fight a legendary, but it was like, okay. Yeah, so. I do think um, I do think we're at a level where it's, like, if you think back to Skyrim, it's, it's like, level 36 or level 40 in Skyrim is pretty much, like, you're almost done. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but it's, like, I totally missed the... I mean, I never had those moments where I was, like, frantically fighting against a Deathclaw. Like, I never had those... And that was, like, those were some of the most memorable moments, like in Fallout 3 where you're in the sewer systems and you turn around a corner and there's two of them there with like this really terrifying <laughs> yeah. lighting on them. That's an int- so, so yeah, to, to, to jump off that a little bit, I think the game is maybe a little too easy. And I think... That it's that, more forgiving that's, that's, for sure. Yeah, and that's th- true, more than Fallout 3. And I, think, I do think, having said that, it's going to be different for everyone based on your character build. But I've seen... A few reviews and then a few, um, you know, non-reviewers say, like the game feels notice. People have actually said the game feels notably harder than Fallout Three, and like the person who said this oh, no. is is a Fallout Three. Like, like I, I trust that they feel that way. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm sure they do. But, they... Um, but yeah, for me, it's the total opposite. It depends on how they played it, I guess, or what where they right. went. But it's yeah, like, for me, it's been you... almost a little too easy because I've had moments. And, and and I won't speak too much to them, but I've have I've had encounters with foes that like legitimately scared me. But then the fight happens, and then you're in the mix of the fight. And it's like I pop my psycho jet, yeah. you know. I pop, pop my like custom made drugs. It just and... becomes methodical. It doesn't become like a fight, like a scrappy fight. It's just kind of like okay, this is what I need to do, yeah. and then I'll win. I'm still I'm still waiting for that one. I, I've had a couple like I've had a couple throwdowns with bosses. I'll call them bosses, but just like. Mm-hmm. Like really powerful kind of main characters or just you know the end of a quest line you'll have an encounter right. with somebody that feels really cool for for xyz reason but yeah out in the world i feel i feel a little too powerful but then i say that and the one time i did bump it up to hard because i was like yeah i'm gonna see what this <laughs> feels like i just got wrecked completely destroyed oh, so yeah. yeah i mean that since they they have that availability there so that i mean that's that's nice to be able to i'll probably actually I do probably want to try a hard version hard 
playthrough for my next one after, but or just go to survival. Uh, just skip, just skip the pretense. <laughs> yeah, that would be kind of ridiculous. But your uh, rads don't go like, away. The time, like the most, of, most of the time, whenever I've died, is it's honestly when I'm just I don't pay attention to my health because I don't ever have a problem with fighting people. Yeah. So true. like I soak up bullets and like it's just like that one or two times where like my health was like below half before I fought them and I didn't pay attention. Mm-hmm. So then I just get I'm I'm thinking I'm at full health when that started and then like oh I'm dead already it's like oh okay I forgot to just heal up before I went into this building or something so it's like yeah, it doesn't I, help I, when you're not wearing armor either and you're in your underpants that's true <laughs> yeah no I found it it's a little bit difficult I don't know if it's because of after meeting the Minutemen and facing the first death and stuff kind of where I've branched out from there but. I'm kind of I'm constantly forgetting about my health and then realizing what I'm like happening upon the small little settlement of like of, of a couple of enemies that I have no health pretty much and I have radiation on top of that and I have no rat out or whatever right. it's called so I'm just like oh god what am I going to do I will say this the game was never harder for me than it was in the first 10 hours like totally it, it, it's it gets easier yeah. and easier the more powerful you get even as enemy levels are supposed to keep up with you and you, you meet harder more intelligent mm-hmm. betterly armored foes you're still better equipped to handle those upgraded versions than you were to handle the base versions in the right. game's mm-hmm. early hours so that does make sense I think a big difference too for a lot of players is that it's, it's, it's mainly their how they go into the game at, in the beginning not just their character build but how they how they play it because, because Fallout is a scavenger's game Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is. like. There's people that have problems. Like I can't find this thing, or I can't do. I can't beat this person, or I don't have this whatever X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, it's like, well, clearly you just passed all these buildings, and you didn't take the time to look through everything. That's like, that. I mean, that's every time I come across anything, <clears throat> I look into it and I look through it. And I've never like stim packs was an issue. I would run in. I'd run out of them in <laughs> three all the time, and, and I'd have to buy more. Never. And I. I've got over 99 of them all the time now. Like, I've never had to, I've never had to buy a single stim pack in Fallout 4. So speaking of inventory things, I agree with you. By the way, like the stim packs is one big thing there where they were scarce in the first 10 hours, yeah. and then I just, I've never been below like, like 20 of them was like my yeah. bare minimum. And even like ammo too. Like there. I have a minimum of like 300 ammo for everything, and the mm-hmm. two two of the weapons that are the like the combat rifle, which I use all the time, I have over a thousand ammo for it. Like, yeah, it's just so it is, crazy. It is part of the way. Yeah, it is part of the way you and I play, probably. But yeah, that's just that's just what always felt natural to me in Fallout was scavenging for things. Yeah. Um One of the side effects of that though is encumbrance, and I think that's been another topic I've seen crop up a lot around Fallout Four. And in fact, there's been um, oh, sure. pretty pretty good excuse me pretty good articles written about encumbrance uh, in this game. In particular, Eurogamer had a had a good opinion piece about how the notion of encumbrance feels antiquated given how the game is already doing all kinds of things that aren't realistic so why why is there any limit like or i guess you could say why hmm. um if i if i can already freely carry like three nuke launchers a full set of armor and like a hundred plasma cartridges why is it that this extra bobby pin or this extra weapon mod puts me over some hypothetical edge, right? Like it just it kind causes of, yeah. you to keep exploring the world or having to go back and... I yeah, mean, it, it does. It, so it, just, it, it gives you pause to like have to regroup and figure out where you, what you're doing next. And, and, and I like that. I like because that's... I mean, it, 
it's, it's an RPG. It's inventory management. So that, that's always been there as part of the genre. I think I think people it's, it's giving some people pause in this game because, and I would chalk this up as a huge plus. And another thing I love about Fallout Four is. So many more items have value to you now. Through yeah, yeah. It, it's another layer of decision itself. making, basically. Yeah, when you get over. It feels really badass, or not badass is the opposite of the word I, I want. But it feels <laughs> really cool, and it feels uh, it feels immersive to walk into a room and see like duct tape on a shelf, or see mm-hmm. wonder glue, or like a, a desk fan that has screws in it, and be like, yes! Like, I've legitimately felt like, awesome, right. I really needed adhesive, and I've been really short on that lately, or oh, sweet, this microscope has fiber optics in it, which is a really rare component material, and just to feel that about these kind of old relics that are commonplace objects in our world, and were commonplace in Fallout's world before the war, yeah. that just feels so immersive and so, like, the survival vibe they're going for to, to find those things. But it does have the the added effect of like, well now there's just thousands more things that are valuable for you to pick up. And so you like I do find myself um hitting my encumbrance limit way more frequently in this game than any previous Bethesda game. So <laughs> yeah, I don't I think know it is I, slightly off balance, definitely. Like yeah, I yeah. I appreciate the fact that you are supposed to scavenge and everything does have a certain value. And with that you get to a limit, so you have to really look at your inventory and go, what can I do with all this stuff? You know, Let me consolidate what I, what I have, what can I make with this and stuff, and it makes you more conscious of it. But the same point, from what I've only, I've only noticed, because I came into the game, the two things I came into the game pretty much was, uh, the, like ringing my head was get charisma up and pick up everything. So I've been going around just picking up things, just random things, mm-hmm. and then you like just stop to a crawl, and you're just like, oh, and I since I haven't done the whole base building yet and all that, I don't really feel that I can like craft things from it and like work around with what I have. So it kind of just slows me down a lot and I have to end up just throwing things away, which I don't want to do. Well, you can transfer things into the workbench. You don't have to, and that's one thing that they don't talk about in the health or the help thing either, or they may, they, maybe they do in the help thing, but they don't let you know about this is that you don't have to break down everything that you pick up in order for it to be part of the settlement or the workshop. Mm-hmm. Oh no, yeah. You can just transfer those objects directly into your workbench. Yeah, that I haven't started doing like, that, but I hadn't realized, I actually just came across it from just... Right, it's like it's something that's not communicated. Because half the time, most of the time, when I got back to settlement, I would drop everything around me and then I would scrap it all because I thought that's how you had to do it for a long time. And I was just like, well, if my if I have these things in my inventory and my inventory... <clears throat> the benches are going into my inventory to take parts from those objects maybe the settlements can do that and then I just put everything in as it was without breaking it down anymore and yeah sure enough it works that way and some mm-hmm. things you even want to keep intact for other items to make so it's it's just like another kind of small communication error in the crafting things or the items that you do need or what you should look for and stuff So, mm-hmm. but I mean that's the, the other thing too is about the different play styles is that if people aren't scavenging through everything that they find and being selective on what they're taking, it's like that if if you're not doing that, you are gonna have you're not gonna have the items you need, or you're gonna run out of stuff all the time, or you're gonna be frustrated because you can't find this thing. But it's like if you take if you just take the time to explore every room or every place that you come across, sure it takes a long time, but that's what the game is pretty much about, or like a big part of it is just to explore everything and you'll never run out of rare things like copper and circuitry boards and fiber optics and stuff is like I don't ever run out of that anymore 
because well part of it is just taking a few hours to know what parts are in what so you know what to take and knowing that like what things weigh amount a certain amount so you know if like this weighs less than this so i should take this because it has the same resource and that's one thing that was weird to me too is that certain things will like you can get <clears throat> so from a wrench you can get like two things of steel and it weighs it's got one weight but a bucket weighs three and it gives you two things of steel so it's like yeah. if it gives you the same amount of a certain resource, why does it weigh so much more than a different thing that gives you that same number? Why doesn't it give you more if it weighs more? Like it's just yeah. weird inconsistencies like that, but I don't know. But overall, I mean like it's I can't I mean I can't play this game enough. Is really you see, what it comes I think down I could to. be the opposite. I haven't again got in past that like kind of 10 hour entry level barrier and stuff but I think it's a game for me that I'm going to be never bored of but never completely enamored by it's something I'll be chipping away on for like, for months and I'll always go back to it but I don't think I'll have that like feverish kind of you know need to play it all the time we'll see that could again change very well in two or three days of like a lot of play but yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a game right, I'll definitely so. go back mm-hmm. to because of how <clears throat> just how deep it is in on so many different levels so We'll see again. My my opinion though is that it is incredible and yeah. it's got a level of depth and purpose that is normally unheard of in games. Yeah, Everything one, has a purpose. One thing that we didn't talk about, which I was going to in the first of the beginning, is that the soundtrack in this is amazing. Like I mm. love it so much. It's the radio stations that's, are great. Yeah, that's something that's always appealed to me about follows lore and that 50s aesthetic it's just it, it creates this really interesting clash where like the game has 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 a really interesting sense of humor and that's kind of cemented by the fact that you can be listening to the ink spots or bing crosby while blowing the head off a of super mm-hmm. it's almost like this sarcastic kind of sense of uh dry post-apocalyptic humor and just like having yeah. fun in your own universe being kind of tongue-in-cheek um but the uh the the ambiance the uh what I guess I call the original soundtrack with just background music, that's really good too in its own right. I've noticed some of those tracks that come up during um, like boss fights and like important story moments, important action moments have, have actually been really kind of compelling as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just having the radio on or off, like you're, like you're saying, is just like if you have the game music playing or you have the radio playing, it completely changes the game. Like you play, you basically play two different games, or you can change yeah. the, like the genre of the game at will, pretty much. Which is just so cool and unique to Fallout. Yeah, like Here's I actually have. Oh, Go ahead, Adam. I actually have barely even had the radio on, and it's weird because I have the kind of the opposite. Because like, I know there's a kind of intended way to play Fallout. Like I remember even when it was initially announced in the Dolby Theater back at E3 when they had the 50s or so song playing, and it was just it was the introduction of the gameplay, and everybody was mm-hmm. just going around shooting each other and stuff, and it was really kind of tongue in cheek and real kind of funny. But I just have. This, this, the, the ambience going, the it's like a desolate landscape, and it's kind of this loneliness to it as well. And I'm going around, so I haven't even used the radio properly yeah. yet. So I never I'm did just, it because I know how the, the, I know how the dynamic will change with that, and I'm I'm looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, I never used the radio in three at all. And then like and my friend, when I had when I like kind of after I had played through most of it, he just said how oh, he he uses the radio all the time, and I was like, oh, I should really give that mm. a shot. And this was like it felt like a totally new game to it. So I was like, I made sure to. <laughs> listen to the radio on fours pretty much as soon as i got to it there's certain stations that are kind of annoying at times or like i do there there's another uh, cool thing for the radio too is that where you can you'll get certain notifications of distress signals or different 
things that come up when you get into a certain range and that can lead you to other side missions and stuff which is kind of a cool tool that they use I, I felt I, I at first was a little bit put off by the fact that they reused the song um I don't know the actual I think it's set the world on fire yeah. by the ink spots mm-hmm. and you hear that again in the radio station Fallout 4 and I'm like that was kind of the iconic Fallout 3 song like it feels a little strange to reuse it but now as I sit here and think about it more it's like well the reason it's being played on the radio is because that was at its height of popularity when the yeah. world experiences nuclear most aftermath. Of the, so, yeah, most of the soundtrack I'm pretty sure is similar. Yeah, like, so I was, it does make there, sense. Like, there were a number of songs on there that I was like, I was trying to figure out where I heard these before in a different game. And it's probably and I, Fallout 3. And it, like, it has to be because I was like, I know I just played a game that had these songs in it. And I could not for the life of me remember what it was. I was like, well, it has to be Fallout 3 then. Because yeah. like, what other world and experience would have this these songs playing while I'm going through it? Like, the only thing I could think of was like Bioshock, but I was like, no, this isn't. That was not playing in there. So it's like, yeah, yeah. But so, it's, yeah, it's just a great. They do a really, really uh, yeah. good job with it, and the DJ is hilarious. I like him a lot in this one. But <laughs> yeah, Travis is interesting. He's mm-hmm. a he's a character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm so like, I, oh, totally, totally. Um, there's there's plenty of other you know, smaller things we could talk about, like, um, you know, the, the dialogue choices, like whether the main character having a voice works or not. That scared the hell out of me, actually, having the voice <laughs> a couple of times where you're doing playing through it, because I was so used to not having him he say took anything. Drugs, right? Yeah, I took the psycho, and he just screams... He just screams at you after you take it, and it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. my God! <laughs> and it's like, oh, <laughs> calm down, buddy. It's just like... I thought somebody I was, like, right highest... behind me, and I was like, oh, no, it's just him. <laughs> <laughs> I think the highest, you know, kind of putting my thoughts together, how much I love the world, how much I love the the the, the feeling of the game, the shooting and such, how much I love the crafting, but not just crafting that's there, about how the systems feed into each other, how exploration feeds looting, which feeds your build of components, which goes back to feeding your settlement and your weapon improvement, which then just encourages more exploration. The way those cycle through each other is kind of the, it's a really masterful gameplay loop, I think. Yeah, like, and being able to get experience totally from building that. from building your settlements mm-hmm. too, to get experience through that is really oh, that's smart. That's totally awesome. Like it's yeah, really I, like it feels like it doesn't I, feel I, like you're wasting your time, and you're not if you like if they didn't have, allow you to get experience from it, it would feel like you're not playing the game to mm-hmm, some degree. Totally. Yeah, yeah. But they just they, they allow you to, they just allow you that freedom like we we had talked about before. It's like you get to do what you want to do in this game. Yeah, I gained I gained like two or three early levels just with all the time I spent uh, building my settlement. But yeah, I I you know thinking about the feeling of playing this game, it feels a lot like my first couple weeks playing Skyrim and playing Oblivion. And I think maybe the highest compliment I could pay Fallout for right now is that. And this kind of speaks to what Adam was saying about it being like the long-term journey and, and something that he's going to go back to for a long time. I can, I already see myself coming back to this game in six months' time or a year's time, like with these big breaks in between and, and rediscovering it in the same way that I did with Skyrim and Oblivion back in the day. Because I own, you know, I own two copies of Oblivion on PS3 and PC. I own two copies of Skyrim on PS3 three and pc and you know part of that is the modding community and just how crazy that stuff gets but we know or at least bethesda tells us that early 2016 mods are going to come to console both xbox one and ps4 Mm -hmm. so so i already 
see myself like Fallout 4 is going to have that life for me. Like it's going to be something where I return to the game after long breaks. I rediscover how awesome it is and how much fun it is to be sucked into that world. And it's going to be that thing where I think people are still talking about it come 2016, come 2017. It's going to live on in that way. And that's probably the highest compliment I can pay right now is that it feels like a Bethesda game in that mm-hmm. respect. Yeah. I just, I it, thought it was funny too when you're thinking about when the two two podcasts ago, I think it was episode five, where we had talked about sales of like Fallout versus Battlefront. And that's just I remember, like, yeah. worrying about like thinking that, well, Fallout might not sell as well because of Battlefront or do all the stuff. And it's like, no, it just crushed everything. Like, yeah, it's just we, ridiculous. Do we have solid Battlefront numbers? By the way, that's a good question. I don't. I, don't I haven't recall. heard any reports. I, I think of, it only. When did the the fish did come out? The seventeenth. Yeah. So yeah, this only, week. It's only been two days or so, so it's, it'll be yeah. It'll well to. But I mean, know. it's just like I'm, I'm, but people like there is even that article that we had on PS2 where like Pornhub got a dip in numbers because of the yeah, traffic because because fa- Fallout <clears> came out, and it's just insane. Like to think about like how there really wasn't a ton of. Advertise like if you think of the advertising comparisons between like Star Wars because of Star Wars and Fallout, like you would think that Battlefront was gonna is this like going to be the thing that like outsold everything and just be like Fallout was gonna get overlooked by like the parent community in terms of buying games for kids and all this kind of stuff. But it's like it's like no that that like (laughs) Fallout like it. I think it I think it helps because Fallout. Free ended up being effectively a cultural touchstone, and people, yeah. there's a, a, a mass of people who have, a mass of people who haven't played three, but were hyped are on this train for Fallout Four because they, they see the fur and how passionate people are about the series. So they're like, mm-hmm. same with me. Even I was one of those people. Again, I passingly played Fallout Three, not much, not enough to call myself a fan of the series, and I jumped on a hype, hype train. I was looking forward to this, and I'd say a lot of people were like that, and it's I think proven. Just by its sales in one day alone, that's been staggering. Yeah, and it's just an it's just a crazy to see, and it's just really exciting to see just kind of how impactful Fallout is for gamers, like universally. Or it's just like people, like there's like I've seen so many people, like a lot of people that I don't see like a ton of things about games from them, maybe, but it's like that's all they're talking about on like Facebook and stuff is Fallout Four. Yeah, same it came people out. and people say like, we took the, the game, I took the week like off because Fallout like people keep saying that like I took the week off from work because Fallout Four came out. Or just take like, the year off. Yeah, and it's just like it's I was like, going to take a day off, but I was like, a day does not do it justice. No, I can't. it's like how many games <laughs> will come? How many games come out that cause like a good chunk of the workforce to just like stop what they're doing? <laughs> just Productivity went down forty percent. Yeah, like it's just insane. Like it's just such an awesome thing to see. I think because well, partly because I'm a huge fan of the series too, and it's fun to see so many people just committed to the Bethesda and what they do. Yeah, no, it's great, absolutely. So, but yeah, I think we're we've been talking a long time on this again, almost two hours. We always go over time. Always go over time. Yeah. Still though, it's justified. <laughs> it's a big game. Big game. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about any of like the spoilery stuff. Just can save it for the next one when I, yeah. when I get. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. I, we want to do another one of these for sure later on, where we dive more into kind of how the story is. But that's the thing is that Metal Gear Solid is, was so story focused. The previous yeah. one that we did is like that's mainly the focus that we've had on it. Where Fallout just 
it's not so much the story. Like the story is there and the story is good and it's interesting. I think it's way better than three. I still I liked threes a lot for for what it did, but four four does it a lot better in this one and it's got more interesting characters to it, I think. Mm. But it's not why I'm playing the game. Like I've, I'm putting off the story for mo- for the most part because it's like I don't want to miss out on all these other random side things that are showing up. Because that's the thing I'm afraid of. Because I'm a perfectionist in games, I do like to try my oh, best yeah? to do everything. But given the fact that so many things within the game hinge on how you approach certain dialogue options and what you do in certain instances, I think having the level of freedom is going to drive me nuts because I'm going to try and do everything, <laughs> and, you, and you can't feasibly do everything. So <laughs> just go after the trophy list. Yeah, yeah, you'll see everything on the way there. I was, I was yeah. trying to do that with Metal Gear Solid Five, and I'm gonna drive myself nuts doing oh, that. Oh God, so. no! That trophy list is insane. Like compared to Fallout Someday. Four, Fallout yeah. Four is like super easy. Yeah, like it's not it's, in comparison. That. It's just like a time commitment, pretty much, when you're doing that. But it's it doesn't feel like you're wasting like what well, it doesn't feel like you're wasting your time really when you're working towards those trophies because half the time, whenever you're doing anything, it's impacting like three or four other things along the way. Yeah, like hell, you're trying you're trying to go to a certain mission marker, but you run across an encampment of super mutants who wipe them out on your way to the marker, and then you satisfy you already finished a mission for somebody else because you killed those super mutants. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, so like, there's always benefit. Whatever you do in the game has a benefit to it, and whether you see it now or it'll come up later, and that's something that's just they do so well in Fallout. It just makes it feel like whatever you're doing, you're accomplishing something. Yep, it is mildly impressive so but i think the settlement is something still i'm going to have to take more time to really get more of an appreciation of and i mean in terms of like the purpose of them the building yeah, it is fun but it's just like to be able to to have the supply networks running and allocating the resources for the settlers and all that kind of stuff is going to be that's a little more kind of work feeling than i would like as much i guess i guess it depends on your disposition as a gamer mm-hmm. you know some People yeah, really well, enjoy that kind of I just don't understand why this one dude has to be in charge of every single settlement. Like, why can't you just set up like tiny mayor, mayors or something in these towns? People can't be trusted, like, though. Apparently, you should not. know this. <laughs> it's the wasteland. It's the wasteland. Yeah. Look at Mad Max, as we've talked about. Or like that would actually be kind of cool. It's like, why can't you have one of your all of your companions become the mayors of each town that you set up? Yeah, you delegate duties. Duties a bit more, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's like a higher extent, but yeah. But it's yeah, small, there's a maybe. lot. There's there's so much left to do in my game through. There's a, even more for you, Adam. You got a lot to it's look forward to. Well, I look forward to it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, that was. I think that was a pretty <laughs> solid discussion for trying not to reveal anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did good, guys. We did good. Yeah, I was surprised good. at good hustle team. Good hustle. How much we went through on a lot of that. But yeah, I mean impressions right now is like if you if you could only buy a game one game this year i i admittedly i have not played the witcher so i can't speak to it kyle can speak to it more than i can obviously but it's like fallout 4 is the only game you'll need for this year and the next <laughs> from, at least from the content perspective like, yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i mean it's just like it's one of the they do this other thing that they just are so fantastic at it's just having the gameplay never feels like it's old or at least it hasn't gotten to that point yet after 70 hours which that's saying something mm-hmm. totally. so it's like that's just incredible where you just can keep going into it and i was like i've kind of teetered off a little bit just because other 
real world priorities have gotten in the way of being able to just keep exploring the wasteland but as soon as i jump like i jumped back in like i kind of i had not played at all for kind of like a day and a half and then i jumped back in last night just to like i was going to jump in for a couple of quick missions and i played for like four hours and i was like jesus it was <laughs> like, like you never had left yeah it's like you can't get away from it like once you start <laughs> once you start yeah, my, yeah. Here, so definitely not a job or not a uh game you should probably play if you people are dependent on you 24 hours of the day but (laughs) (laughs) for everybody else yeah i actually saw a picture of some like somebody had posted of like a girlfriend had a comment or something about basically how he she was so upset about him ignoring her and she took a picture of his broken fallout 4 disc and it was just like oh my god like how could you (laughs) (laughs) you don't realize what you've done yeah just like oh Oh no! It's like, well, if he was ignoring you now or before, he's gonna, for sure, ignore you now. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. But anyway, we digress. That was a that was a good conversation. A lot to talk about. So. We're gonna have a lot more to talk about. I'm sure Adam's gonna have a lot more to talk about very soon once he gets more oh, into yeah. it. Oh yeah, and I will be. Don't worry, I'll be jumping straight into it. Yeah. So we look look forward to an eventual full spoiler cast with Fallout Four down the road. I have no idea when that would be, but it's going to happen at some point. It'll there's, happen. It'll there's happen. so much maybe to when this every, game. Maybe when everything just, call it, just call it three months and cross your fingers. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. It's like, yeah. this isn't one of those games where it's going to be oh, three weeks from now. No, it'd be like, might not even be till a year from now if Adam gets around to playing it. I'll play it, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> I have no, I'm not buying anything else. I have a massive back catalog. Well, yeah, back catalog, so. All right. this, this is on top of the list, though. <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed our Fallout 4 discussion on this episode. It's, it's, even with this conversation being two hours, it still feels like we only scratched the surface of what could be talked about. So that's a testament to the game and what it can bring to you. And if, definitely, if you're looking for a game this holiday season, look no further than Fallout 4. Because, my God, it's got everything you need. Hmm. All right, if you like to Fulton yeah. Sheep and listen to Aha Take on Me, get Metal Gear Solid. If you have a very particular set of tastes, Metal Gear Solid. Hey, cater to an audience, you know? You gotta... No, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I know who your people are. All right, so this has been Episode 7 of PlayStation Fix. We hope you've enjoyed it, and we hope you come back for more down the road. Thank you, Kyle and Adam, for having this lengthy discussion. Anytime. Taking part back in this. to the Commonwealth. Yep. Now it's back to Fallout 4. I'm going to be playing this more immediately after we get <laughs> done with this. And I'll finally put on some armor. Cool. Yeah. It's all right. Cool. So thanks again for listening. If you guys have, if you guys have any comments or any things that you think about how we talked about Fallout 4, if there's any things that you want to add to our discussion or think you have any corrections for what we said please let us know in the comments or i'm sure there's a few because this is not only is this a conversational podcast for us it's a conversation with you guys and we want you involved in it so please let us know what you think right all right so thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next week thanks bye